What's up, fucker? How the hell are ya? Wonder Waffles, how are you? I am great. Just lovely this afternoon, evening. Same, same. I'm glad we got to do this, even though two of the people who were supposed to be here canceled. Uh, yeah, yeah. Canceled and or couldn't get here. Pick bitch! <laughs> That's okay. It's okay, we'll carry on. Yeah, we're going to do this anyway. And it's like I was saying, we get to do this one-on-one, which sounds pretty fucking fun to me. I concur. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take it. Did you prepare a got junk story for me? You know, I was thinking about got junk stories and how it could, like, um, coincide with the theme that we're doing today. And I didn't do any cases or or, or jobs that uh, entailed anything demonic at my when I worked there, but um, just the interesting things that we would see um, in doing research. Our, of course, our topic today is demonic possession, and uh, sure is super interesting topic. Um, but. Uh, during my research, uh, I read a lot about like uh, church stuff and like and uh, just like uh, um, yeah, things that the church says that you shouldn't do or whatever. And one of them was like trying not to um, be captivated by things of the world. Yeah. Right, and uh, one of the things that we noticed a lot from people, and of course we, one eight hundred got junk was like the the sole um, company that they used on the show Hoarders, and uh, yeah, weren't you on an episode? Uh, I think I was on three or four, three oh. or four episodes. Oh snap! Hoarders. So yeah, you're, you're a celebrity, yeah, pretty much. I mean. <laughs> I've been on TV. There's like Tom Cruise, and then there's you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, I would, I might be above Tom Cruise now because <laughs> Tom Cruise hasn't been on a podcast that I know of. <laughs> probably not. It's probably against his religion, right? But uh, in that research, it says to not get captiva- captivated by the things of the world, or if you get enamored by the things of the world, then you'll always be enamored by the. So you'll get stuck in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the, the weird stuff that people would, would hang on to and hoard and be like possessed by their possessions almost. So like there was one incidence where we went to this lady's house and uh, she was obsessed with buying dolls, like, uh, porcelain dolls. (coughs) And, uh. So her whole life she'd collected these porcelain dolls and um, it was her thing. It was everybody like in her family knew that that was her thing. She collected these porcelain dolls. She loved these porcelain dolls. She cherished the porcelain dolls and in her basement was three bedrooms just filled with dolls. Some of them were on display. There was two rooms that were just display racks of all these different dolls and uh it's creepy it was super creepy and then one room that was just dolls 
stacked up just like they were the less important dolls or like in boxes some of them were in boxes some of them were just out some of them were like I mean it looked like she had started with like displaying them all around the room and then just got too many and just started stacking them all the floor to ceiling just dolls and of course this was her obsession for 60 years of her life and when she died it was just garbage like that's all that all that it was that's kind of sad when you think about it that that was like her life's collection right and then when she was gone they didn't give a fuck about that right so it put into perspective to me that like all the stuff that you think is important worldly stuff that you think is important to you doesn't really matter no like it may it might hold some sentimental value or like give you the tinglys in your belly or you know tickle your peepee a little bit but like <laughs> when it comes down to the end and if somebody else doesn't share that passion it's just garbage yeah and <clears throat> i'm kind of realizing that myself more and more as i get older because uh basically everything that i was in collection mode on i don't collect anymore and i've gotten rid of yeah because it just didn't really add value to my life there are things that i own that i really enjoy right and you know like guns and what have you because you get enjoyment out of them but having stuff just to have stuff is is silly it really i mean it's not i mean like you said you can find things that add value to your life but when it becomes an obsession to the point that, like, I mean, there was probably, I would say probably fifty to $100,000 worth of dolls. And they just chucked them. And, yeah, I mean, oh, that's sad. we tried to donate as much as we could, but they've been in there for 30 years. Yeah. Covered in dust and probably rat piss and shit. <laughs> so Mold and what have you. Yeah, so it's like you can't really donate that stuff in good conscience, so it's just trash. Yeah. At that point. So, I mean, possessing possessions might end up possessing a part of you. It's true. Yeah. There's a Papa Roach song about that. And the name <laughs> of the song is eluding me right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not familiar. I, yeah. I'm, it's going to come to me as soon as I stop recording. <laughs> Guarantee it. Halfway through the podcast, yeah. he's yelling okay. That's the name. <laughs> so... I actually worked a little bit harder on my notes and my questions this time. Okay. Because I was getting upstaged by everybody else on my own show. Uh, I don't so, think so. Well, I wanted to make it more um, more in-depth than usual. Yeah. Instead of kind of just like letting the conversation flow, I wanted to actually like kind of persuade it a little bit. Okay. And since we're down two, which is okay, uh, T and Yeg. You guys suck, by the way. Uh, but let me ask the first question. I think this is like the most important predication question. Do you believe in God, the devil, demons, and angels? Yes. That was a really long pause. You had to take a deep breath. Uh, yes, I do. Um, but not in the traditional sense of like religious beliefs. I believe that Anybody that says they know the truth for sure is full of shit. Absolutely. Um, so I, I do believe that there is something greater than we are. 
and I, I can see where organized religion is very, um, sought after by certain people because it, it's organized and it gives them a way to, um, practice a positive outlet for their lives in a directed way. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I've always been kind of jealous because I don't believe in any of that but i absolutely adore the idea of faith just this blind faith of like there there is something greater than me and and i'm gonna believe that and i'm gonna hold rest on my laurels on that for my entire life because of something i believe without ever having seen it or really even felt it in some meaningful way or in a way that's like that you can count you know what i mean yeah so I've always been kind of jealous of that, of, of people who can go with it. I personally, I can't. Yeah. But I wouldn't hate on anybody who does. And I'm not saying like I'm a devout atheist or something, because most of the time atheists are just kind of twats. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an atheist. Let's debate. Like, no, I, I don't want to debate with you. You got your thing and I'm fucking proud of you for yeah. it. Just yeah. you do that. Please don't convert me. And that's that's one of the major things that holds me back from like organized religion is like I'm okay with you believing in whatever you want to believe. That's I'm not I don't want to convert you to anything that I think or say or whatever your journey is your yeah, journey dude, and mine like, is mine. I look at I look at religion like a dick. I'm glad you have one. I'm glad you're proud of it. Please don't shove it down my throat. <laughs> that, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think that's where some other people would uh, be happy to have that shoved down their throat, but not me. <laughs> yeah, like, you do you, I'll do me. So the reason I ask that is because a lot of demonic possession is grounded in these, like, religious sects of, especially Catholicism and Christianity, where it is demons or it's, it's Satan himself or whatever that's possessing these people. Right. And that always kind of leads me to question it because... There's a big part of me that goes, a lot of this is bullshit, but there's a good chunk of it that is absolutely real. But if I don't believe in these things, what is it? Yeah, exactly. And that's, I agree that with that 100%. Like, it doesn't matter if you believe in God or if you believe in the devil or whatever. Um, A lot of people that experience these paranormal things and evil or dark entities don't believe in god or don't believe in in spiritualism or anything like that but nevertheless they experience it just like everybody else that does so even in my research i've looked back and they can trace evil spirits or the belief in evil spirits to all the way to eleven thousand six hundred years ago so they have um paleolithical paleolithic um art that depicts evil spirits yeah and the belief that people can be taken over by evil spirits which like if you believe in catholicism or you know stuff like that wasn't even a thought no back then so in fact i think in that range you're kind of going into like ancient alien type stuff cavemen yeah (laughs) so you're kind of like I don't know, dude. Were the Anunnaki down here just, like, possessing people or, you know? Yeah. 
So that, that kind of brings me around to my next question of, do you think demonic possessions are actual demons or mental illness? Um, I, in looking at a lot of stuff, um, I've come to the conclusion that a lot of it is, especially in the past, like, you know, you're looking at cases of demonic possession from three or four hundred, five hundred years ago. They didn't understand mental illness or what, how it could manifest or even like epilepsy. <coughs> Stuff like that. They just have, like, a person that's doing all this weird shit that they don't understand, so... Yeah. They're a demon, like, or they're possessed by a demon. Um, but I also have witnessed in my own life both epilepsy and evil spirits. And I know that there's a difference, and I've seen the difference, and it's really easy to... to decipher yeah. the two so i know that in the past you've told me a couple of stories about some i'll i'll use the blanket term demonic entities why don't you regale that okay uh so i've had some things happen in my past that uh were super terrifying and and uh some of them I don't really want to talk about because it's not really my place to talk about. No, that's fine. But yeah. uh, one incident that I can recall that I feel like is okay to talk about happened with my mom. Like, uh, So I was about 14, 15 years old. And we used to always just, like, on the weekends, we'd just, like, rent a bunch of movies and just hang out at the house. That's how it was in movies. the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It was good shit. Early 90s shit, dude. <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting there. It was about probably midnight. Not super late. Um, but my mom was upstairs sleeping. It was like me. I think most of my brothers were there. I've got five brothers. I think maybe one, of, one or two of them might not have been there. But we were hanging out just watching movies. And, uh, so our house is like an open living room and there's a double door, like sliding doors that goes into the kitchen. And then through the kitchen, there's a stairway that goes up to the left from where we were sitting up to the upstairs where there's three bedrooms. Um, my mom's bedroom's up there and then mm -hmm. two other bedrooms, my bedroom and another bedroom. <clears throat> and, uh, we hear this ruckus like coming from the stairwell upstairs. See, my mom tumbled down the stairs backwards and she hits the floor, hands and feet up in the air, like she fell down the stairs. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah. She was falling. So we like drinking my <laughs> kind of stand up and look over there, like, are you okay? So she hits the floor dead stop mm. and then slides across the, the, the kitchen floor. Hands and feet still hands in the air. Hands and feet still in the air, slams into the uh, cabinets on the other side and then rolls over, crawls out like screaming mm -hmm. and uh, grabs onto my stepdad's leg and was like we're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, we're just like uh, are you okay? 
It's like, no, I've been wrestling with this thing upstairs for like a half an hour trying to scream for you guys. <laughs> Your mom's a straight gangster. She's just up there fist fighting a demon. <laughs> well, it was like, like, she said that she was asleep. She woke up and then saw this dark shadow, jumped on top of her and started choking her. That it was on. And she said it was at least a half an hour she'd been struggling with this thing, trying to scream or get somebody's attention to come upstairs was finally able to get it off of her and was able to run down the stairs and it caught her again down the stairs, jumped on top of her. Yeah. Of course, we didn't see any of this. We just saw her fall down the stairs, hit the floor, and slide across the, the kitchen floor. Yeah. Dead. St- it rings in my mind. It was a dead stop. Like, she hit yeah. the floor and we all stood up to start walking over there to see if she was okay and then she just started moving again. Well, there's some things that you you witness in your life, you can't, I know your brain is like automatically wired to misinterpret details, but there are some things in your life you just don't misremember. Right. And I, I remember you telling me this story for the first time and I was like, oh God, that gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. Even when you told it just now, I remembered the same way I felt when you told me the first time and I was like, oh. But yeah, it's, um, it, it's crazy to think about that normal average everyday people going through life like normal have stories like that right and that's why i kind of go like yeah i may not believe in x y or z but there's something else happening exactly that science maybe can't explain or maybe they can't explain it and just nobody's telling us yeah so the the other side of that is the mental illness factor and there are i'm not going to put a percentage to it but i'm going to say the larger percentage has got to be actual just mental illness. Yeah. And, and and that's a sad thing. And I listened to that podcast you had sent me and the, uh, um, what's his title? Psychotherapist? Yeah, psychotherapist. That's it. And him talking about it, for the most part, kind of led it into most of it is actually just mental illness that's untreated, misunderstood at the time and things like that and and obviously we're in a very different time where psychoactive drugs and treatment and things like that are really prevalent but what about the rest of them yeah that's where i kind of go like there's still a percentage of this that's unsolved right so i was actually after listening to that his name is uh, jerry marzinski that's it yep uh he's a psychotherapist who worked for the arizona uh psychiatric hospital until the time they closed down and then got a job working for the Arizona State Penitentiary treating uh, mental ill uh, inmates, mm-hmm. mentally ill inmates um, for psychosis and schizophrenia and uh, dissociative identity disorder, yeah. multiple personalities. Um so I was I was kind of curious just just uh, if he was the only one that like um, had these thoughts or experiences that that he really believed that there was something negative acting upon some of these people and some of the voices they were hearing. Well, I found another uh, psychiatrist that uh, had kind of the same experience, and he was actually hired by. The diocese, the Catholic Church, um, to be the physician um, 
that attended a lot of exorcisms. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I apparently forgot to write it down because I was deep diving on that one too last night. And he was like a he's a really big guy the yeah. way des- they describe him, and he still is very straightforward. Like I'm a man of science, but I've seen a lot of things that I can't explain, and science can't explain. Right. And I find that so interesting because that's the way my mind works is like there's a logical answer for it Occam's razor all that good stuff but when you have a guy who's much more intelligent than me and much more educated than me going I I don't even know yeah that's that's so much more interesting to me than just slapping a label on it and saying okay this person's crazy so yeah this that guy Richard uh Richard Gallagher is his name ah that's the one um so he was saying that in his uh, experience, probably 90% of the people that say they're afflicted by demons is actually mental illness, and the other 10% is possibly something else. Those are figures I could get behind. Yeah. Because I kind of operate on this principle of, like, no matter what the subject matter is, whether it's uh, UFOs or aliens or ghosts or whatever, I go, 90% of that's bullshit. Right. Because 10% of every lie is based in truth. Yeah. So yeah. if if you watch 100 videos of ghosts, that means 10 of those are real. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I kind of go by that same logic. So when, when he comes out and says that same thing, I'm like, see, I was right about something. <laughs> I, yeah, I... I... I tend to believe him, like, uh, for the research, like, just, I was just curious of, like, because you see, like, movies about possession, like, The Exorcist and, and yeah. uh, all the Conjuring movies and Exorcism of uh, Emily Rose. They're all supposedly based on true stories, right? Yeah. And I was just wondering, like, I wonder how many cases are reported every year of this so i looked it up um so in the past it's been relatively small of maybe five thousand cases a year yeah like saying that they're demonic possessions but in the recent years the past five six years um the vatican reports that they're getting over five hundred thousand cases reported to them a year jesus yeah so that's like that's a big swing yeah well how much how much of that do you think is informed by the culture like the movies the books all those things how many how many of those cases cases are just hyper inflated because these people see these movies or read these books or what have you and go ah yeah i'm i'm afflicted by a demon yeah so, it's not my fault. It's the it's, demon's fault. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, totally the demon's fault. I'm just fault. smoking meth because uh, the demon made me do it. Well, you even look at... Uh, what's his name here? I have it written down. Edwin Hunkler. He was the inspiration for the movie The Exorcist. And they had the book written about him and all that. And it wasn't until later in life he came out and was like, yeah, I was faking the whole thing. <laughs> and, and and you kind of go like, okay, one of the okay. most popular the cases of deep demonic exorcism and you're just like yeah i made the whole thing up yeah and there's like there's actually a lot of recorded cases that actually turn out that the people uh were faking it and uh like i was just looking at one this afternoon that was uh martha brosier yes <laughs> yeah a woman possessed by demons 
um, in 1578. Yeah. It was going way back. Um, she was possessed by demons, and so what the family did was they decided to take her on the road and do like a, a showing of this. And so they would have great like, job, yeah, parents. Great people job. pay to come in and see the demon. Like <laughs> <laughs> her eyes would roll back, and her she'd stick out her tongue, and her tongue was blood red. And it was scary enough for the people at, in 1578 that that they thought that she was possessed by a demon, so much so that the king Henry the Henry the Fifth or Henry the Fourth uh, saw this act thought that she was really possessed and ordered the exorcism himself. So a bunch of priests came together and decided to do kind of an experiment with her. And so they got just a bunch of water, just fake water, just regular ass water. Mm -hmm. um, and then a book that was supposedly the exorcism rites. And, uh, doused her with the water and then read from the book and she was like screaming and gnashing her teeth like acting like a demon <laughs> it turns out they were just throwing regular ass water and re reading poems out of a old <laughs> <Yeah>. book <It's... laughs> but she didn't know the difference and so yeah she reacted like she was dying or... it reminds me of that scene from the movie the pope's exorcist have you seen that yeah you were at the beginning of the movie it was like the the kid was uh saying he was possessed by Satan. So they brought the pig in, and uh, Gabriel Amorth was like, Satan, if you're so powerful, prove it. Possess this pig. And the kid pretended that Satan left his body, jumped in the pig, so they shot the pig. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm cured. Like, <laughs> no, you were faking it, you lying <laughs> son of a bitch. There was another guy that I came across, George Lukens. And this was a couple hundred years ago, and... Um, by all accounts, he was, for the most part, just like a kind, normal guy. But he would have, like, weird fits where he was fidgeting and things like that. And it's like, that very clearly was mental illness. He yeah. was probably extremely bipolar. You know, he had some kind of hormonal imbalance or chemical imbalance in his brain. And he would just go into fits. It's, yeah. We see it all the time now. But it's regarded, it, in, like, the research I did, there was, like, five different top ten um cases of real life demonic possession that he's on <laughs> and you go yeah he's mentally ill it's, yeah. it had nothing to do with demonic possession but so that kind of brings me around to my next question in your opinion what is the most convincing case of a demonic possession <sighs> um I don't know, and all the things that I've researched, I've, you know, the experts talk about different cases that they've dealed with, dealt with, um, but it's like, it all comes down to, like, their personal stories and what, like, what they witnessed and what they felt about it. Um, let's see here. I love that all the a lot of these notes that Spencer has are like from a small notepad as though he did it at work. Oh, I did. <laughs> so I'm a little more brazen. I take my full notebook with me. 
And somebody's like, what are you writing? I'm like, don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> um, let's see. Most of the ones that, that I actually looked up and, and looked at, to me, just look like... Bullshit. Temporary insanity, like... But most of them, most of the ones that get real notoriety is when they do something that's like more so dangerous to other people. Yeah. Um, and so it gets like taken to like, like the incidences of like uh, the devil made me do it. Um, yeah. The movie. Uh, no, that guy was a drunk. <laughs> it's plain reality. He was an alcoholic. So. That case was actually based off the two different stories. Yeah. So, the one that was here in the United States, seems to me like he was, they were partying and he was fucking wasted and saw some dude messing with his chick and fucking ended up killing her. Yeah. Like, now, here's, here's where it comes into like, where Jerry Merzinski, this psychotherapist guy... Who studied schizophrenia and uh, um, dissociative identity disorder? And um, when you go like temporarily insane, psychosis talks about how he believes that the people that suffer from these things are being led on or being influenced by these negative entities all the time. Yeah. So in in incidences where you're like drunk or high or different, you know, not in your right state of mind, how how easy are you to be manipulated by these outside forces? But whether you act on it or not is still up to you and it's like yeah, you have the choice to either do it or not do it like if you're drunk or if you're high you know, I've done drugs, I've been drunk, I've never fucking killed anybody. That you'll admit to? That I want to talk about on the <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> no, I honestly believe that, um, and it sounds kind of silly to talk about <clears throat> out loud, but I believe when you're under certain influences, especially alcohol, Mm -hmm. because it shuts off your higher level brain functions, you know, so it basically kills your logic that I believe there's a certain level where you kind of fall into that slipstream. And I've talked about this before where like you're susceptible yeah. on one side or the other because you're, you're kind of stuck between, uh, I don't know how to like accurately describe it. Um, not only do you, are you capable of making bad decisions, but you're also capable of like really profound thought. Yeah. Because you're no longer connected to your higher level brain functions and you're not quite low enough to get to your lower level brain functions where it's just like, I need oxygen, I need food, water, and fucking. Yeah. You know, so it's it, finding that middle ground. Well, it also frees up your inhibitions so that you're more open to do exactly anything like butt stuff or like <laughs> getting demonically possessed <laughs> or demonically possessed through butt yeah. stuff i mean or demonically butt stuff yeah i i'm not gonna kink shame on anybody no i'm not you, you like what I'm you like for, you know? yeah 
But uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like there is a certain amount of that that is completely rational and understandable. Yeah. Because you're essentially you're vibrating at a different frequency, so to speak. Exactly. So you, you can be more open to X, Y, or Z, whether it's a demonic possession or if you're like, I'm really drunk, I'm going to text my ex. Or if you're just really drunk and you're like, dude, I feel great, I'm just going to go to sleep. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of like what level are you at and, and what is outside trying to get in yeah well yeah we've i mean we've talked about and i've heard you talk about on on your other episodes about like everything being energy and energy by you know by itself is negative or positive exactly positive energy or negative energy and if you're operating in a negative space you're going to attract negative energies just like a, a magnet absolutely true so if you're super in a super negative space and you're opening yourself up through these different um, chemicals that are affecting your brain waves. Um, you could definitely attract something that's a negative. For sure. And even for just like a basis of proof of that, you think about some of the times you get really hammered and then you go to bed and you have just crazy nightmares. Yeah. Because you were operating in that negative space versus sometimes you, you reach that right level where you drink just the right amount or you smoke just the right amount or whatever it was and you go to bed and you have great dreams or whatever it is. It's just that vibrational frequency that you're at at the time Yeah, that plays a big factor. Yeah. And I, I do believe that there is a certain amount of space between on everything. So like, and, and I've talked about this before, like when you take psychedelics you're in that slipstream Mm -hmm. which is why you see so many different things because you're not tethered to one side or the other on anything you're just completely open you're completely free and whatever you're open to receiving you're going to receive so like you said if you're on the negative side of it you're going to get negative if you're on the positive side you're going to get positive if you're in the middle who knows yeah that's something that that jerry marzinski talked about that he's a psychotherapist was that the people or patients that he had dealt with that were experienced psychosis and hearing voices and and being tormented by these negative thoughts and and negative voices in their head um was saying that that the voices would sometimes tell them to do certain drugs and influence them to do certain yeah. things like drinking and smoking meth. And uh, But he said that the opposite about weed, like smoking weed was he didn't have any kind of negative connotations to, towards it. Um, and the people that would do that kind of felt relief because I, 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 I think that it's more of a positive vibration it's a plant like i believe so because the strange thing about weed or i'll say thc to generalize yeah is i don't think it puts you in that slipstream kind of area i think it cuts out the middle because you're either in a higher level brain function or a lower level and it's kind of strange because when you're in that lower level you're just like you're just chilling watching tv yeah you know, but when you're in that higher level, you're having those like uh, existential thoughts. Yeah, about or strange or create, like creation. Like <laughs> Cat Williams be like, Duh. so that's a love seat, right? 
I can't sit in it unless I'm in love. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, it, it's strange how that one in particular works and just yet another case to legalize it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Not that anybody who has that power is going to listen to this, but it, it should be. Oh, I'm sure the government's listening. They the, listen the to topics everything. we've covered. You've covered uh, in the past. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if there is a government official, uh, excuse me, official listening, then, uh, I just want to go out and say, you can suck all of my dick. <laughs> um, so I'd say that too, but it's not much of a threat. They're just like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a simple fact that, you know, we got to let them know we hate them. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to that question, I don't think there's one in particular that I look at and I go, yeah, that one's real. And that kind of ties back into the kind of government thing of like the ones that we know of that are very popular and very publicized. They're pretty much all bullshit. Yeah. Right. You think about Edwin Hunkler or the Ammons family or Annalise Michael or whatever. And they're all very clearly just mentally ill. And I kind of wonder if that's part of like the game to downplay it. Yeah. So it's like, we're just going to feed you all these and you're going to buy into them because you're stupid. But if you're smart, you're going to see through it. But we're not going to tell you about the real ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's just silly to think that like the real ones, the good ones, the interesting ones are actually ever going to get released. They're not. And I was watching this interview with uh, the guy from the Daily Wire, not Ben Shapiro, the other one. Um, but he was interviewing this priest and at first I thought he's just making fun of this guy, but then he confessed. He's like, no, I was an atheist for like 10 years and then I fell back into the religion and whatever. So they sat and talked about it and this priest started talking about this nun who became possessed. And he's like, she was all of four foot 11, uh, weighed maybe 95 pounds. And she picked up a 200 pound man and threw him across the room. And those are the cases where I go, okay, there may not be any proof, but if I'm taking you at your word, that makes it interesting because how does a 90-pound woman throw a 200-pound man across the room? Yeah. Even if he's embellishing, just to be able to pick him up off the ground, it's more than double your body weight. How do you do that? Yeah. So I think that that same case was one that this Richard Gallagher, who was a psychotherapist, was uh, a part of I'm not sure I'm not 100 but it it sounds like the same thing Um, and uh, so he was there so those exorcisms most of the time those exorcisms last a long time that's not just like a one and done thing yeah like Annalise Mike Michelle or whatever 67 67 times times 67 exorcisms nine months or Almost a year, sixty-seven times. So this uh, this same same situation that lady was um, exercised multiple times. So he w- he was saying he wasn't there when when that happened when she picked up this person and threw him across the room, mm-hmm. but he was there and witnessed her speaking in multiple. Sorry, answering questions in multiple languages yeah um including it was like icelandic uh french english um 
Typically, they'll go into Latin. French, English, Latin, German, and, and Lithuanian. Yeah, and Aramaic is another big one. Yeah. And I, I really had to, like, question why that was. So, you can chalk up, okay, I could, at my weight, so I'm 195 pounds. Let's say I could pick up a guy who's 400 pounds and I could throw him. You could say, okay, he had a huge adrenaline burst, which is going to fuel your muscles. It's, it's a very proven thing. And it ha- happens all the time. Oh, yeah. You look at, like, people in, like, there's, like, a plane accident or something, and somebody runs out there and lifts yeah. up the plane. And uh, guy at yeah. our work did that. What's his name? Lucero? No, it wasn't Lucero. He, he works in the warehouse. I know yeah. who you're talking about, though. Yeah. It was a helicopter crash, and he ran out there and lifted up the helicopter and yeah. saved somebody from dying. It's and I, I actually watched a sure. video of that when I was younger where um, this huge Polynesian guy and his friend were in a helicopter crash and it landed like in a pond. He was able to get out. The big poly guy was cause he was the passenger, but his buddy was still stuck in the cabin and he went and literally lifted this helicopter and somebody caught it on video. Yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah. And it, that's inside like, edition, inside edition, <laughs> but you go that dude, that's physically impossible. That helicopter weighs like 2,200 pounds, yeah. but he just lifted it like it was nothing. So that's a very real thing. The whole languages thing, let's say you got possessed right now. You've probably never heard Aramaic in your entire life. Not that I can think of. But yet, you would probably be able to quote it. And that's, you know, a lot of these people who get possessed are able to do that. And that's another part where I go, that is completely unexplainable in my opinion. But, in researching that also, there have been cases of people that get into like a horrific accident, go into a coma, in a coma for, you know, a lengthy amount of time, and they come out and they speak a different language. And they can play piano perfectly yeah. and do all these other crazy things. So who, yeah, I mean, what are they tapping into and what are they experiencing while they're in that coma? And that's my, that's like my question, like out in the universe, how are people able to do that? And my absolute best theory, and it's probably going to sound atrociously stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I believe there there are infinite realities. There are infinite versions of yourself because everything, every possibility can be happening at the same time, right? Yeah. So I think what happens is you're maybe vibrating at that same frequency as another version of you who can't speak that language. You're vibrating at another frequency of that other version of you who plays piano perfectly. The multiverse scenario. Yeah, yeah, string theory. Yeah. So, seems to make the most sense to me. I mean, there's no proof that it doesn't exist, but it's, to me, that's like the answer for God. Yeah. Because if you go, okay, there's all these different realities happening simultaneously, every eventuality is happening all at once, who's to say you can't tap into that? Who's to say you can't in some way reach that? And that kind of goes into like my theory with deja vu. You experience deja vu, it's because you're momentarily vibrating at the same frequency as another version of you it's who is experiencing a very similar thing. thing. Yeah. Even though it doesn't come to fruition, you're just connected with that version of you from another reality. And that's where, when I say I believe in God, I believe in a higher power, I believe in whatever it is that's beyond myself and beyond 
this reality that we are experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, I yeah I I agree with you. You take a break real quick. Sure. So talking about um, some of the alleged possessions that are absolute horseshit, I've got a couple names here. Obviously, Edwin Hunkler, um, which I still have some alternate theories about that, but we'll come back to it. But the Ammons family from the Demon House, the one that Zach Bagans bought. Oh, okay. So even you could tie that one directly to Annalise Michael, a religious family who was raised to believe that demonic possession was a real thing. So when kids start acting out, it looks like demonic possession, but really they're just acting out. And like one of the stories I heard about one of the Ammons kids was like, Oh, he was holding his grandma's hands and he walked up the wall and he did like a backflip and landed on his feet. I could do the same thing when I was seven. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't need any support. Yeah. But it's also kind of funny, too, that the uh, the mother was behind on the rent and the kids were frequently missing school and things like that. And they just blanket answered all that with demonic possession. Yeah. So I, I kind of automatically discredit that one, especially when the guy who owned the house, the landlord, was like, yeah, nobody's ever complained of anything in that house until that family. So, in watching that documentary or movie, say <laughs> movie, uh, the movie thing implies that, I felt, that there's fiction. <laughs> the thing that I thought was the most compelling about that talking about them talking about, or they didn't even talk about it. He just told the story about it was that there was a CPS agent there, a Child Protective Services person there, and witnessed the whole thing and couldn't explain it. So I didn't, I mean, chalk it up to their, especially them being in, at the time they were in like a, uh, in the works of like a movie deal. Um, that's why they would, didn't want to talk to him about <coughs> it in, during the, when they were filming that yeah. demon house. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of money writing on this whole thing, and, uh, but the thing that did, you know, catch my attention was that the CPS agent witnessed it and was so shaken up by it that she moved out of that city and then actually quit her job because she didn't, couldn't function anymore, really. So I... I can give that credence because I think we've all had things happen to us or happen in our vicinity that we cannot explain. Yeah. But I have to give more credence to some of the other things like um, the cops who came in and investigated later came out and were like, yeah, we were hoping it was going to be like a movie deal or something like that. And we get some notoriety and get a paycheck. We're close to retirement, you know. And then looking at the factors of the family dynamic they had, they were extremely religious. And even the mother has gone on record and say like, yeah, sometimes when the kids were sick or whatever, I wouldn't take them to the doctor. I'd take them to a psychic or a tarot reader or something. Yeah. And it's like, you're automatically disassociating from science or anything that's actually practiced or understood. You're just going towards 
something paranormal or unexplainable. So you're just trying to draw a parallel into that instead of just being like, yeah, my kids are acting up because they're assholes. Well, especially something like that, which is already deemed kind of a... Uh, demonic or like a, a occultist practice of like terror reading mediums um, yeah stuff like that witchcraft um which is if you're banking on like we're gonna make this a movie then yeah we're gonna we're gonna seek after these things that will add to the value of that uh, yeah, statement no, that we're you're, making you're gonna try to uh cut out any other source that's going right. to disprove you in any way and you're going to try to feed into the paranoia that you're trying to build yeah to make this movie more popular and i think the number one discrediting factor is that zach beggins was involved <laughs> <laughs> well he was involved after the fact i did enjoy that movie i remember you had told me about it and i watched it like the next day and you told me about the one scene toward the end where you heard the growl and, like, I didn't even know when, what part of the movie that was in. So when it happened, I was like, okay, yeah, that was really good. The rest of the movie, nothing. Yeah. I was like, I sat through 90 minutes of this. To oh, get it's like, just like Ghost Adventures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. Every episode of Ghost Adventures. Fucking fight me, Ghost. <laughs> yeah. And then they get that one EVP that's like, fuck you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it? It said Zach. No, it said fuck you, man. <laughs> It said, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> you just said Zach because Zach and asshole are synonymous with each other. Yeah. But it's even, you look at uh, Annalise Michael, you know, like we said, 67 times she was exercised. She died because she was malnourished and dehydrated. Yeah. And that actually kind well, of... Well, they even, even, like, got tried in court for the priest and the, the parents got charged with... Yeah. With... Uh, what was it like? Negligence. Negligence. Um, they didn't serve any time, of course, because it was their religious beliefs that they were following. So it was like, I mean, it, and it was in Germany, so yes. they don't really know what So that actually ties into one of my questions I have here. Do you think of these, like, uh, exorcisms where people have died? Because I've got another one right here, Christy Bamboo, died from a botched exorcism because they were trying to baptize him in the bathtub and they ended up drowning him. And then you compound that with Annalise Michael and all the other series of them. Do you think the people involved in that, whether it be parents or priests or whatever, do you think they should face punishment for that? Um, I don't know. It's it's such a hard thing to talk to to say because there was a case in New Zealand that I was reading about um, a young woman was allegedly possessed by an evil entity and uh, her family and uh, um, they'd gotten like the, the local I forget what the name is of their, their tribes like holy man um, a lot of Polynesian uh, lore has to do with like demons and spirits and, and stuff like that and they believe in that uh, pretty prevalently prevalently yeah. um, you ever think that's why so many Polynesians convert to LDS because they're like oh I want to get away from this scary shit um 
Yeah, and they had a pretty... I mean, missionaries were, were out there um, early on, like 1930s, 40s. Um, my grandparents were converted to LD, uh, Mormonism way back when, like back in the early days. Um, but also the fact that the Book of Mormon... They kind of like, I like how you rolled your eyes right after you said the Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, the Book of Mormon they they talk about like how um, these families left Jerusalem in you know before Jesus, before like the cities were destroyed. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah and and Jerusalem were destroyed by these wars and and stuff that happened back then, pre Jesus. And, and yeah. these families left and migrated across the oceans. And uh, so that's what the Book of Mormon actually is. I don't know if you know this, but the Book of Mormon is supposedly the story of the people that were in the Americas um, before the time of Jesus. Basically, the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, but as they made their way across the oceans, they stopped at all these different places inhabiting these islands. And that's what the story of like, so like a lot of Polynesians, I think adopted this idea that they, that's where they came from. And like, that's their, it coincides with their origin stories and like, uh, I see. And so it was easy for them to believe that, you know, that's their history or coincides with their oral histories that they have um from what i gather i'm not you know an expert on this so don't try to <laughs> yeah, <no>, my <laughs> that's my understanding of why they believe this my understanding of lds and the book of mormon <laughs> is very limited because i find it very hard to see past okay w this dude found these tablets and only he can read them and he says, oh, yeah, no, they say all these things, including I'm allowed to have, like, five wives and all this other <laughs> well, shit. If you're going back to, so, Joseph Smith was trying to restore the fullness of the, of the gospel. But if you look back at the gospels that were preaching around the time of Jesus, everybody had multiple wives. Yeah. And so... I can see where he's drawing a parallel. Oh, shit. We can have multiple wives. <laughs> We're going to restore the fullness of the gospel. Uh, I'm going to take you, 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 you. <laughs> and you don't get to say yeah. no. Interesting enough, um, the oldest human remains that they found in South America were Polynesian. I, I actually watched a thing about that a while back. So and there's there's another thing about um, somewhat recently they found these plants that should only exist in New Zealand, but they found them in Africa, and it, just some other crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, and, I think that those people were traveling across the oceans thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, before and if you believe in Columbus. like the, the whole six cataclysms younger dryas all that yeah. stuff where the earth has reformed itself six times like you're bound to run into things like that yeah well you just the i mean I, I i really believe that that the people of the worlds before our time were a lot more connected than 
we give them credit for. Absolutely. Like, they knew a lot more about the world than... I mean, even if you look at, like, the Perry Reese map, we're getting off subject, but, like, the Perry Reese map was was a map that was a world map um, drawn in the 12th century or something like that. Yeah. Or, sorry, 15th century. Um, and it had a coastline of Antarctica on it. Like, yeah. And they didn't discover Antarctica until 1850. Yeah. Why was there Antarctica on this map that they didn't know that there was a continent there? Yeah, and that whole Pangea theory and all that. But yeah, um, let's try to bring it back around. Do you think possessions are related to hauntings? No. no. Um, I think that maybe... No, no. <laughs> no, like, not in any way? No, not really. I, I believe that, like, possessions have more to do with, like, the positive or negative energy energies that somebody is attracting to themselves and, like, real possessions, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, unknowing to the person, unbeknownst to the person that is afflicted, um, things that they're doing and, and their actions and, and the way that their mind is working um, attracts these negative entities or like uh, machine elves or whatever that are behind the scenes or behind the veil that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, That's some DMT stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, attracting these things, and their and their their brain is 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 uh, um, working on such a uh, frequency that 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 it's so close to the the frequency that those entities can connect with um, that that happens. Uh, demonic possession is able to take hold or you know they're able to hijack the frequency of their brain pretty much uh, just like you'd hijack a radio station or something like that so what do you think about this theory because I've I've really sat and stewed about this a lot probably more so than I should have I should probably talk to a doctor about that but uh, what do you think about the idea that they are related to hauntings but when hauntings happen, it's because, let's say there is an actual demonic entity, like, tied to Satan and religion and all that good stuff, like the classic version of a demon, but it's stuck in a place, but it can't leave that place until it latches onto a person. But when those, when people walk into this place, wherever it is, let's say it's an abandoned mental asylum, which seems to be like the most prevalent place for haunting, but all the people who walk in there are too strong-willed and too strong-minded to be manipulated, manipulated or uh, possessed. So it has to wait for just the right person to come along who's just weak and meek enough that they can latch on to to get carried out. Interesting. Just a theory. Yeah. I like that. Um, personally, I, I believe that the reason why those like asylums and stuff like that are 
so haunted is because of the people that were there and that died there um, and their energies just as confused as they were in life they are past our mortal life and yeah. into the next realm um, and so maybe it's just they just don't know what they're supposed to do you know yeah I tend to lean toward they are related in some way shape or form you can't explain either one of them no like even if we had all the knowledge in the world I don't think we could just explain away right now what it is for either one yeah and I really don't think that us as humans in this reality that we're in are supposed to know everything and as much as I kind of hunger for that knowledge it's better that I don't the tiny little amount of thinking meat between my ears can't handle it (laughs) yeah and so you also have to kind of look at like again the whole string theory thing of like what if it's not so much you um are possessed by like a demon or an entity what if it's like again an alternate version of you that died but that version of you was extremely malevolent yeah and hateful and it's just looking for a vessel and it's just like wandering across the multiverse going like hey this guy looks stupid let me go after him kind of like jet lee the one oh yeah classic <laughs> movie it's just a form like a alternate version of you your spirit that's or maybe that that version of you just dies and you take on that much more negative energy. Yeah, and, and I'm inclined to think that that's a very real possibility. Yeah. And and I don't want to, like, beat a dead horse with that idea or make it that simplistic, but it's like, what if it is? You yeah. Know? Especially because I don't have that uh, faith or belief in God and Satan and angels and demons where I kind of go, like, that actually kind of makes more sense because vibrationally we're at a very similar frequency and, and you know if you die the first thing you're going to look for is a way back in so even thinking about in terms of reincarnation who's to say you reincarnate in the same universe you were born and died in you know true so it's I would rather lean toward that than anything else yeah but it, the same kind of goes with hauntings of like maybe let's say you die in a place in your your spirit or you become an entity stuck in that place who's to say that you have enough power to actually latch onto a person or be carried out in some way instead it's like you're stuck there because you don't have enough vibrational frequency to be able to leave hmm. just a thought yeah it's interesting um yeah, so one of the, that Jerry Marzinski guy was talking about this other philosopher that was in like the 1700s that talked about um, how every person has both positive and negative entities around them all the time that influence them, or putting influences on them to do either right or wrong. In our existence, we have free agency, the choice to do this or that or whatever we choose to do. So it's up to us to choose. Yeah. You know, why humans are, for the most part, 
more inclined to choose something positive? I don't know. Um, why doing something that's a positive thing for other people, even though it might be more work and less beneficial for yourself, is more rewarding than doing something that's positive for yourself and less beneficial for somebody else is something that I think about that's like, why are we driven to help other people as much as we are? Like, if I do something for you, mm -hmm. say I have something to do that day, and then you need something help you need help with, I'd rather go help you do something that you need to take care of, and it'll give me more satisfaction, yeah. more joy to help you than it would be to stay here or stay home and do my own shit that I need to take care of, but it'll give me more personal satisfaction to help you. I don't know what, why that is or it's a strange where thing. that comes from. It's funny because I actually like kind of work through that with my therapist of like people pleasing. Yeah. And we always have this like weird connotation that it's a negative thing. And it's really not. It's, I always think about life as a karma bank, right? You either make a withdrawal or you make a deposit. So if, if let's say I come over and I help you with your yard work or whatever, that's a deposit. Versus if I need your help, that's a withdrawal. So it's it's always about red or black. You know, are you going to be in the positive or the negative? And it's not necessarily of like people pleasing as a way to avoid our own bullshit or as a way to temporarily make ourselves feel better by doing something for other people it's just an act of care and it's an act of love it's not it really has nothing to do with your ego or your pride unless you're boasting about it yeah but if it's like which is what i usually do I'll be like, yeah, yeah sorry i can't do that i'm gonna go help a friend yeah yeah uh, i can't do that i gotta help spencer change a tire <laughs> Just one, but well, it's going to take me all I'm day. I'm pretty dumb, so <laughs> I might need help with that tire. Yeah, so I, it's it's not so much of like uh, like an ego thing. It's more of subconsciously, I think we know we are putting a little bit more good out into the world by doing things for other people. Yeah. Especially people you care about because you care about them. Doing something positive to attract positivity. Yeah, you're just in that mind space, and the same goes for the opposite end, and like you were saying with entities around you who push on one side or the other, it's kind of like when you're depressed or you're going through something, it's easy to get stuck in that state and just keep feeding that negativity over and over and yes. over, and I always go back to this thing that Matthew McConaughey said. I don't know if you've listened to any of his speeches, top tier in terms of motivation, but he's, he goes, uh, as far as I can tell, we all have two wolves in, inside of us. One's a good wolf, one's a bad wolf. Nearest I can figure, you got to feed the good wolf a little bit more than the bad wolf. And to me, I kind of go, well, that's pretty profound for yeah. a Texas boy. Yeah. You know? All right, all right, all, all right. right. All right. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, can, I can get down with that. Um, yeah, feeding, I mean... In my experience in life, it's good to balance positive with negative things, but not to dwell on the negative, just like you were saying, and 
try and feed the positive. Negative things are always going to happen. Absolutely. That's the nature of life. Um, but whether you dwell on that or whatever happens, either negative or positive, the way that you re- react to it is what's going to determine the outcome of the situation. Yeah. Like, you get a flat tire, you could sit there for five hours cursing and, you know, yelling about it and kicking other tires that are good and and whatever. It's not going to change the fact that the fucking tire's flat. Yeah. Or you can be like, oh, that sucks, and change the fucking tire. 15 minutes, you're gone. Exactly. Like, so, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's like uh, this phrase I saw recently. It was like, you can look back at the past, but don't stare. Yeah. It's you really have to do just accept it and move forward no yeah. matter what it is and I think that kind of ties into the whole possession thing because it's like I tend to think that people who get possessed allegedly air quotes are typically much more meek not just mentally but emotionally which is why most of the time the people who do get possessed seem to be religious by nature I mean, even talking about the nun who got possessed. And you kind of go like, they, those people are so basked in whatever sect they're in that they believe in possession so solidly that they're much more susceptible than like you or I. Yeah. Who is, you know, you or I is definitely much more open-minded and understanding of more things and tends to find a more logical reason versus somebody who is extremely religious and goes, no, God is absolutely real. Possession is absolutely real. Versus, like, if you or I go, man, I, I'm i just having fucking crazy thoughts lately. But your natural response is, I'm going to go sit down and talk to a specialist or whatever and maybe get a real diagnosis. Maybe I need to go get my hormones checked or I need to see, like, if I'm having some kind of physical problem that's feeding into my mental state yeah but uh well I think that it's interesting that like and also like it seems like the people that are afflicted by these things are like you said less willing to talk about them openly whereas like you and I and like the people that we talk with like Scott and T and you know these people that we've had these conversations with like we talk about this shit all the time yeah and it's like we talk openly and we're not like judgmental about you know each other's theories or thoughts or like ideas about something and it's like I think that's that's the key is like being open to think about things in a in a different way that like most people so Scott and I were having this kind of talking about it at work the other day mm. and uh, there were some people and we were talking about it in the break room before we went out and there was some people in there like asking us what we were talking about and we were like oh just you know we were just into this this stuff like you know and started talking about like you know ghosts and possession and aliens and something they just gave us the look like you guys are fucking weird man like, I hate that are so we much. weird or are you guys like just like so close minded that you can't look outside of work 
Like, you're probably yeah. thinking about, like, <laughs> what you're going to do, what you're going to eat after you get off work. Like, who the fuck cares? Who, why are you thinking about something that's may not even come yet? Yeah. And it's strange. I've kind of drawn this weird parallel between, like, my mindset and another person's mindset of, um, you, you can determine a lot about a person if you ask them, would they rather watch a true crime documentary or would you rather watch a ghost documentary? And to me, it's kind of like, I would rather not watch a true crime documentary. I'm not opposed to it if it's interesting, but I don't want to watch it because I know the facts behind it. I know that mental illness is real. Yeah. I know that human beings are terrible mm-hmm. and atrocities occur. Ghosts, on the other hand, there's a lot of shit I don't know. Yeah, there's and, still a mystery there. Yeah, so it's like... Especially with the true crime thing where they're talking about this is the killer and this is what they did, like, okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, Why do I... You just tell me what happened. Like, you went to jail, right? Yeah. You just spoil <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know? So I, I always kind of have that, like, differentiating line. And I know there are people who like both, and I'm not hating on anybody who loves true crime or anything. Well, I, I do, too. I listen to that all the time. Yeah, so also, it's... But, but to me, it's just kind of that differentiating line of, like, are you on this side or are you on this side kind of thing? And I guess I guess mostly, I, more so, I listen to, like, unsolved cases. Yeah, which... That still leave a little bit of, like, thinking to do. Yeah, there's some intrigue behind it, yeah. and I, I think that that's really the defining factor is is there enough mystery and intrigue because you don't know a thing versus like oh at the beginning of this they told me this person died or was murdered let's see how it unfolded it's kind of like you already know the ending yeah you're just going back to recounting details versus whether it's you know ghost or demonic possession or aliens or whatever it's just a vast expanse of what the possibilities are. Open-ended, like, yeah, and thoughts. Then it just leaves you to theorize so that you actually have to use your brain to come up with ideas or theoreticize about what is versus what isn't and so on and so forth. And I think that's just kind of the defining line for me. And it's, I'm, again, I'm not hating on anybody who prefers true crime to the rest, but it definitely differentiates how easy it is for me to have a conversation with somebody Based on what yeah, you prefer. Yeah, for sure. So one thing we haven't talked about is Father Gabriel Amorth. And I don't think you can talk about demonic possession at all without mentioning his name. 60,000 exorcisms in under his belt? No way. Yeah, but I also, the thing that I love the most about him is the way he breaks down the math. He's like, of all the possessions and all the exorcism I've done, one percent of them is real and less than half of that one percent is actual demonic possession yeah so he cuts that number down a lot yeah which gives him more credence in my mind to be like he's like yeah i've done all of these exorcisms i've seen all of these demonic possessions but only this teeny tiny little fraction this little sliver is real the rest is horseshit yeah Kind of like the movie they made out of uh, out of his life. <laughs> yeah. The, anybody listening, uh, Father Immort is uh, was the inspiration behind the Pope's Exorcist. Um, 
I did enjoy the movie. I did too. Um, Even as predictable as it was, yeah. it was still an entertaining movie. It was entertaining, but for the most part, totally made up. Yeah. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, to credit, like, you had Russell Crowe. I, yeah. I would watch a movie of him reading a phone book. I yeah. think he's such a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just going back, like we talked about earlier, that opening scene where he knew the kid was full of shit and he tricked him was just like, okay, no matter what happens for the rest of this movie, you've earned me watching this movie. So did you ever watch uh, The Devil and Father of Mort? That's a documentary about him before he passed away. No, um, I, I did watch the video of his very last exorcism. That was probably part of the documentary. Yeah, I, I know that was part of it, and it was fun fact, it was actually filmed by um, William Freakin, who directed the Exorcist movie in 72. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that, uh, so I watched it, and I was like, oh, that was pretty intense, and then I started researching it, and it was like, yeah, the vocals were doc- doctored a little bit. To make it more interesting, yeah. when he's doing the exorcism and she, the lady's like, sounds like a demon and stuff. She has like that perfect guttural, yeah, like growl, demon. <laughs> typical demon voice yeah. from the movie. And I was like, that's spot on. How did the demon know to do that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he so was directed by William Freakin. <laughs> turns out it was doctored, but. Uh, I did think that it was interesting, like, and he, he seemed like a very um, earnest person and truthful person, and, like, for the most part, he was a joyful person, and uh, part of his thing was, like, making fun of the demons, demons, because he said they hated that, I guess, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I gathered the same thing from, like, the videos, video interviews and things like that that I watched of him. He seemed like a very straightforward guy, very, like, playful, yeah, but honest. And there are certain people that their personalities transcend whatever medium you're watching them through if you don't know them. And that's a guy that I watch and I go, yeah, dude, he's honest. Yeah. He's not bullshitting. He's being straightforward, and he's going, yeah, like, all of this is bullshit, this little amount is true, and I was there. And you go, I believe you. Yeah. Well, that was one of the questions I had was, like, in your mind, what are the what are the reasons why somebody would fake being possessed, and what would a reason be for an exorcist to fake the ritual of exorcism? Oh, it's it's notoriety, it's internet fame. Especially in this, like, today. Yeah, where... Um, so, I watch a lot of paranormal stuff, especially on YouTube, because it's, it's easier to get a hold of more than just, like, uh, a top ten mojo countdown or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, out of maybe 50 videos I'll watch, there's one or two that I go, okay, I can't explain that. The rest looks like horseshit. Yeah. It's all clicks. It's all to get attention on your channel or things like that. And even like on, like Nuke's top five, and you know he'll post a clip from a TikTok channel or a YouTube channel and go, 
oh, this person's never posted anything paranormal before, but you look at it and they, they have like a hundred videos, but only that one video has a hundred thousand clicks on it. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's a gateway to their channel. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of what I go for. It's, it's that like Kardashian symptom where you want that attention, even if you have to get it in a negative way. Well, especially when there's, like, money behind it these days. It's just like... For sure. Everything comes with a book or a movie deal. Yeah. And and that's where I think a lot of the horse shit comes from. And that's why I think a lot of the, like, the real cases of possession in whatever fashion it is, they get faked or... Lost in the mix. Yeah, lost in the mix because the people who are, have the most outlandish story or have the biggest story or the most embellishable story those guys get the attention because it's like, yeah, we could make a fourth Conjuring movie out of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That was my thoughts, too, is just like, I can see nowadays where people will fake something just for the notoriety and the possibility of making money and or to create um, (coughs) their own storyline of like, okay, now we've got 500,000 followers. If they keep watching, we're going to make money. Like Exactly. And all of the different media forums, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or whatever, they all pay. Yeah. And they pay per click. Yeah. So you could be totally full of shit, and if you've got 5 million clicks, you're making a paycheck. Even if it's not a big one, you're making money that you weren't making before. Oh, yeah. It's essentially passive income. Half of like half of the stuff that I was trying to look up and and research for this episode was like I'd see something, click on it, and start listening to it, and be like, "Oh, I know this case, or I know this what they're talking about, and it's fake." Yeah, like they'd show a video, and it's like, "Well, I've seen this video fifty times, and they've already said it's fake." Like, there's things that I've seen on it where it's like, um some possession case from like 1890 or something and this lady's climbing a wall carrying a body oh my god (laughs) like where the fuck did the camera come from (laughs) 1890 what are you talking about you fucking retard (laughs) i've seen that one so many times and it's oh my god it's like the person on on tiktok like this is so crazy check this out like the craziest part is you're fucking dumb enough to think that <laughs> people are going to believe this shit. It's, oh my God. It's become such an empire in and of itself. Yeah. That it makes it hard to actually draw real attention to it in a way that's meaningful. And the same goes with everything, you know, ghosts or aliens or whatever. Is because there's so many people out there trying to just peddle horse shit. Yeah. That you, you go, okay, I, I have to discredit that. And then you're naturally going to keep discrediting over and over and over. And then once in a while you're going to go, okay, that one I, I have to question. But it's like, how many did you discredit along the way that were true because you've been fed so much bullshit along the line? Yeah. So speaking of that, along those lines, if this is all real and demons are like entities of the devil and stuff like that do you think that Hollywood is behind the 
like desensitizing the population uh, to do evil biddings. So that's kind of a small question with a huge fucking answer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, that's a. I wish I had that question. Um, I'm going to be outright and say it. I think the whole Hollywood system now is so corrupt and so disgusting yeah. that they'll they'll do anything at this point. And it kind of goes back to this theory I have, and I'm going to regurgitate this theory because it's not my original theory, but like, try not to get too far off topic, but uh, Steven Spielberg made Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. And then a couple decades later, he made War of the Worlds. In between, he made E.T., right? There's this kind of prevalent theory that he was coached by the government to make those movies to start desensitizing people to disclosure about aliens. Why wouldn't they do that with everything else? You think about um, like assassin movies, you know, where they come in and they stick you with a syringe and you die or whatever, and then they get into big gunfights and things like that. Why wouldn't they do that with that? Yeah. Why wouldn't they do that with demonic possession? Why wouldn't they do that with literally anything? Zombies. Zombies, because we consume that stuff on a regular basis. We all know many of the players in Hollywood are, they're corrupt, they're kid diddlers, they're all these other things. But we still watch the shit, you know? We still consume that media. Why wouldn't you just filter it in one piece at a time to water it down enough to where when it's it's time, yeah, it's palatable Yeah, to where you can go, you know, like 10 years down the road and they come out and go, yeah, demonic possession is totally real. And here's the And guess what? You're all possessed, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) But but then somebody who at that time, at my age, I'm going to be like, I I knew it. (laughs) So I'm not going to be outraged about it because I've been seeing movies about possession my entire life. Yeah. So I go, oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I've seen that movie, yeah. Yeah. It's real. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I think that, yeah, I mean, there are forces that are at play that we don't understand. And what are the people that are in charge of these studios and stuff know that they're being manipulated or are doing these things, which in, like, cases of, like, extraterrestrials I would have to think that they probably have some idea but like whether they know the full extent or not I don't know I don't even think they know they're just being influenced to do so yeah I I think it's more like I'm only speculating here I think it's the the potential for criminal justice being lorded over them because let's be real Many people in Hollywood are kid diddlers. Oh, yeah. It's it's a fact. Yeah. So it's like... Well, not even just Hollywood, just like... The the world politics, over. Politics. Like yeah. People that have money, the money that's involved with, with this stuff is just like... So, so let's think about this for a fact. Let's say that there is actually the dark government or whatever you want to call it. The, the dark web. The dark web. The people who are actually in charge go to these Hollywood producers and are like... We want you to make this movie based on this script. No questions asked. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they're like, hey, you can make the movie. 
or you can go to jail for being a kid diddler. <laughs> and they're like, you got it, boss. Let's yeah. get Spielberg. Yeah. You know, so it's... I've got a connection with Spielberg. Yeah, it's not that far-fetched to me <laughs> at all. Yeah. So here's here's another side of that question is, so the movie The Exorcist, it, it was in 72 or 73, kind of changed the paradigm of exorcism. It was something that was not widely talked about or publicized until that movie came out do you think that movie informs society to be more aware of that and therefore make more false claims um i definitely think that it influenced uh society i mean it's pretty pretty prevalent that uh, there was something called um satanic panic around that time that was like Post Charles Manson kind of thing. Charles Manson and all the stuff that was going on with like uh, Exorcist came out, and then like heavy metal music came out, and like um, all these bands that were quote unquote satanic, and uh, so there was all these theories and reports um, coming out saying that like how how. Uh, these groups of people that were practicing Satanism and the witchcraft were influencing the youth um, through these movies and music and, and stuff like that. Which I, I mean, I do agree that like music is one of the most powerful um, forms of media that we have. By far and away. Um, you, can, you can influence somebody's mood, somebody's... Psyche frequency frequency just by whatever you're putting in, in a song and a lot of times like you're listening to a song and you like the, the 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 way the song sounds but you're not really listening to the lyrics and uh, by the time you realize what they're saying the lyrics are like oh shit <laughs> right. that's crazy um, but I mean I, I had could, no I can idea see that, NWA was saying fuck the yeah. police I had no <laughs> clue I can see where like people could come to that conclusion but i do believe that that um that stuff influences society in a way to react or um the trajectory of society is going in that direction after that yeah i i definitely think it plays a huge factor i mean it, looking at historical data and one thing I had to, I have to touch on, was uh, in the movie, Reagan, the girl, plays with a Ouija board, and that's what conjures up the demon. So I ended up looking up the sales percentage before that movie and after that movie of Ouija boards, and it was up like 700%. Yeah. And if you've listened to my ghost hunting episode, you know my opinions on Ouija boards and how they're just or shit. Um, which to credit I haven't fully delved into the Zozo thing but I think that's proof in and of itself that these movies, these shows whatever it is they inform on society itself to say yeah. "Oh, now we have this paradigm shift because you have this new thing that you didn't know a whole lot about or knew nothing about and now it's super prevalent in your world because we showed it to you in a very shocking way Yeah, just like uh the show Oz, do you remember that? Mm -hmm. From the 90s. 
where it was like the whole prison rape thing you knew was kind of a thing but it was very like off in the ether and then that show made it so prevalent that you go yeah dude if you go to prison you're getting raped no matter what <laughs> just oil up your booty <laughs> yeah, just fucking sit in a bowl of Crisco and yeah. just let it happen kind of thing so I do think that that plays a huge factor in it and especially the in the last like 10 years this hyper oversaturation of possession movies has just made it so much of a gimmick that we don't even think about it anymore because you go oh yeah it's just another possession movie yeah well even like you look at videos of like people random people on the street that are like fucking wasted on like bath salts or something like that yeah and the person that's recording it the first thing that they do is say dude this guy's fucked up probably possessed yeah <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, uh, this guy is clearly on something. There are, like, a, a few videos that I've seen that are, like, that person is definitely on something, but at the same time is probably being controlled by something else. So it's funny you bring that up because I watched one last night, and I watched it on, like, a top ten or something, and then I had to go find the original video, so it was unedited. And it was this dude... And I can't remember where it was, but he got shot in the face. So he had like a bullet hole in his cheek. You could like see into his mouth. It was disgusting. But he's just acting bananas crazy. And he's like giving these really crazy smiles and like laughing at things. Keep in mind, this guy's been shot in the fucking face. Yeah. And he's just up and moving around and acting completely bananas. But going in and looking at like the testimony of the medical workers there they hadn't administered any medicine any painkillers nothing at the time he just sprang up out of the bed and started acting like this and to me i kind of go that's compelling because yeah. he was a, a very known gang member and again i can't remember what country it was but they had talked about like how bad the gangs were there and some of the heinous things they did and you go that's probably a weak-minded enough person to be taken over especially when he's in that slipstream because he's in extreme pain because he again got shot in the fucking face yeah so he's probably out of his mind with pain which is the perfect like doorway if there is such a thing as demons for them to go huh i'm taking Taking this over jumping in yeah tag me in bro (laughs) uh so did it say in the video, like, where... So he got shot in the face, but did they say where that bullet, like, exited, or where it was... It, it, like, went in one cheek, and then came out the bottom side of his jaw. Oh. So he had this really dysfunctional, like, joker thing, because he couldn't control the nerve endings in his mouth anymore. Right. But he's still, like... I was going to say, if it went into his head and, like, affected some part of his brain, he wouldn't know what the fuck was going on anyway, so... Which, it's not to say that... A fragment didn't go into his brain because yeah. bullets do fragment, especially hollow points. Right. Where and it's a known fact that projectiles bounce inside your body. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that's didn't outside of reason. A little bit of uh, of his eggs there. <laughs> yeah. It, it, what was left of them? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw a video of a lady that was. Uh, was doing bath salts or um, 
Kids don't do bath salts, please. Oh, what was the name of the drug that was salvia? Like, no. It was like it was like the street name for bath salts. It wasn't bath salts, but it was like can't remember what it was called. Anyways, she was like driving, stopped in the middle of the road, got out of the of the car, and was just in the middle of the road, just like basically having sex with the ground. Like that's just, hot. just fucking yeah. <laughs> and so these people were in their yard, walked out to see if she was okay. And they're filming her up close, and she's just like, ooh, yeah, fuck me. Like, <laughs> exorcist shit, you know? Yeah. Let Jesus fuck yeah. you. And they're, like, filming her up close, and just her eyes and her her facial expressions and the way that she was moving, it was just not human. I mean, it was just, like, super demonic-looking, um, typical, like, exorcist movie movements she couldn't like stand up and walk she was just like rolling around and just like rubbing on the ground and really weird but uh, <coughs> yeah like we like we were talking about earlier those substances that can alter your fre- frequency enough to be hijacked um, yeah it's to me it's not outside of the realm of reason yeah and I, I'll tell you one that I watched that I still have not only no explanation for but any potential explanation that I've tried to come up with I researched and I could not find any reasonable answer is have you seen the video of the guy who gets possessed in the convenience store he needs some milk get him some milk <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the dude opens up the refrigerator to grab a drink and it's like as soon as he grabs the handle he looks like he's possessed and he, he looks like he's fighting it and he's just writhing in pain and panic and all these other crazy things and he eventually falls to the floor and when it seems like it's over like there's a stack of toilet paper and something else that gets knocked over so watch that video again and you look at the reflection in this the windows and you can see it looks like something leaves his body and the timing of when it leaves his body to knock over those things off of the shelf is impeccable so I, I watched this video like a dozen times just looking for clues and things like that and I couldn't find anything so then I started researching like uh, uh, Photoshop and video editing software and telltale signs of when it's video edited like motion blur and things like that I could find nothing granted I'm not an expert, and I really only dedicated a few hours to it. Yeah. Probably more than I should have. But it just leads me to go, all right, I'm going to just assume that guy was really possessed. Yeah. Like, this really happened to him. Well, right now I'm possessed with the urge to piss. So, I'll take a break. Pause. So, one more that I saw that I had to bring up, and this one was really interesting to me, was... Uh, this woman who lived in the UK, uh, just one day her arm just was like suddenly wrought with pain. And over the next like three years, she just lost complete use of her arm, was in constant pain, went to all these doctors, all these specialists, all these different physicians of different specialties. Nobody had an answer for her. And so she's just like researching all these different things to try to find a remedy and comes across 
a voodoo priestess in Haiti, right? So she travels to Haiti, and this Haitian voodoo priest is like, oh, yeah, I, I can see it right there. You've got this demon strapped to your shoulder right there, and he's polluting your body. So he performs this whatever kind of exorcism he does. And at first she's like, yeah, that didn't do anything. But she flies back home and then, you know, goes home, goes to bed, gets up, gets her coffee ready for the morning. And she like pushes her coffee lid down on top of her cup. And is like, wait a second, I couldn't do that before. And realizes she's no longer in pain. She's no longer hurting. And whatever she experienced while she was in Haiti in her mind was legit because she had full use of her arm again and was no longer in pain. Do you think that maybe possession isn't always so much as possessing your spirit or taking over your vessel or could it take form in other ways? I definitely think that it's, it's not always, um, taking over your, your, your body or whatever, um, that Jerry Marzinski talks about how these negative entities, um, that are around you all the time just feed off of negative energy. So it's like if, if she's given off negative feelings and negative thoughts about the loss of her arm, that's probably enough for that, whatever that entity is that keep feeding is feeding, you know, uh, eventually might start taking over more and more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that every case is necessarily a full on possession. I think that, um, the full on possession occurs when a person is beat down enough that it's it's able or these things are capable of of jumping in and taking over see I, I like that perspective and i hadn't really thought about it that way of like let me start with this one spot and let me keep hurting you yeah. until it drags you down to a certain level where i can get in well you, you, if you look at most of the cases it, i mean most of the cases start with oppression you're being oppressed by this negative influence and um, a lot of times it's like okay do this negative thing do this negative thing do this negative thing okay they did the negative thing okay that was easy mm -hmm. do this other thing do this other thing okay taking steps at a time slowly cut you down and then for the most part most people realize that something is going on you know while they're being oppressed and, and look for certain things to stop the oppression, whether it be a spiritual thing or like a um, seeking a doctor to help or um, stuff like that, looking into it to change things. Um, but most cases do start with a slow progression of, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. And uh, I need help. And a lot of the, a lot of the cases that are that are found to be, you know, demonic possession, um, start in a in a really small way, like start with like a Ouija board session, yeah, something right. small, that, and then that, things are moving suddenly, yeah, 
And then yeah. once you're starting to give notice to those things and giving those things energy, especially if, like, you see something happen in your house and you think it's super scary and so you start dwelling on that all the time and you're just putting off this negative energy and feeding it, they're going to start to do more things to, like, play on or prey on those um, energies that you're giving off. Yeah, and, and to me that makes perfect sense because especially when you think about in terms of anything paranormal, it gets measured in EMF, electromagnetic fields. Yeah. When you think very heavily on something, you're actually producing your own electromagnetic field. Yeah. So you're putting out the very energy that they allegedly feed on. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's all pseudoscience. Right. Like, there's there's no, like... We're all talking in speculation. Uh, yeah. Which is honestly better than just saying, no, it's this or this. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just be open about saying... Well, we all thought the Earth was round until we just proved that it's flat like, <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> right? Am I Dude. right? <laughs> flat Earth is going to be a whole ass episode, <laughs> if not two or three different yeah. episodes, because it's so bananas. But um, Here's a question that's... Um, tertiary to the topic what's your favorite movie about possession um evil dead 2 ooh yeah you went <laughs> way left on that one yeah evil fuck dead I want to change my answer now what's yours oh I was going to say the exorcism of Emily Rose yeah I do like that movie and that's a good one I, I like that um the actress that they got to play Emily Rose, which is based on Annalise Michael or Mickle or whatever, she was, uh, because she was very petite, she was able to get a lot of those contortions and things yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um, that movie wasn't as much scary as it was like, oh, man, what if this is real? Yeah. You know, versus it, it, maybe you had to be there at the time like for the exorcist to really grasp it. But I've watched that movie a few times in my adult life and I go, meh. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't seen the original exorcist in probably 25 years on that old, but I saw the I exorcist. You were 29. What the fuck? Yeah. I saw it when I was four. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> See, I you have I first a great watched, eidetic memory. Uh, the Exorcist, when I was like probably seven, six or seven, and of course, you know, I came from a really religious family and like, you know, church going, but we always like watch scary movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was terrified of that movie. That that movie scarred me. And I watched it again when I was probably 17 or 18 and still was terrified of that movie. Like, And wow. we watched it, it was probably 10 in the morning and we just put it on and watched it. And I remember watching it and then walking outside into the daylight and still being fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Like, holy shit, that was scary. Why am I watching this stupid movie? But, like, I mean, for me, that's what scary movies are for, is, like, that feeling of, like, terror. I, I like that Yeah. feeling. So, side note of that, what's, like, the scariest movie 
you've ever seen? Um, or the one that scared you the most? I would say probably The Exorcist. Um, I've seen, like I said, I'm a huge horror fan, and I just watch... At this point, I watch scary movies and just laugh at them. Like, yeah. But, like, we grew up watching Freddy Krueger, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and Friday the 13th, Michael Myers, and Scream movies, and all that stuff. And we still, like me and my wife, we watch the dumbest scary movies we can find. That's why, <laughs> I, like, you know, Evil Dead 2, we would watch that and just laugh. Like, it's a comedy, really. Yeah, the back half for sure. Yeah. I mean, to the point where he cuts off his hand, it's like you could have passed as a horror movie. After until, this, it's straight then, slapstick. Yeah. And then after that, Army of Darkness was just straight comedy. Yeah, there were like no bones about um, it. This is horseshit. Drag Me to Hell was good. Sam Raimi movie. Ooh, good catch. Um, And uh, Event Horizon. Have you ever seen Event oh Horizon? Oh my God. That movie scared me when I was... 18 or 19 when it came out there's still times where i'm like perusing through you know hulu or netflix or whatever at night looking for something to watch and and i'll turn that on and i'll watch it for about 20 minutes and then i'll go now nah, i'm gonna save this for later yeah <laughs> because it's it it honestly is such a good movie that it's like it, it kind of demands the respect to be sat down and watched but the other part is Nah, dude, if I fall asleep to this, I'm going to be dreaming about yeah, it. I'm, I'm yeah. good. Dreaming about going into a, a fucking dimension of hell? Like, yeah. Maybe tomorrow. I'll watch this in the morning. Yeah. No, I'm going <laughs> to save this one for a day off. No, I, um, I, I might catch some shit for it, but the movie Insidious? Yeah. So I was like... I don't know, 27 or 28 when that movie came out. And I watched it with my dad. And I remember that night, I went to bed. I had to leave the light on. And I hadn't known what it was like to feel scared of a movie like that since I was a child. <laughs> and it's not because it was like super scary. It was because it made my mind wander so yeah. much. And the idea of like, shit, what if that's real, you yeah. know? And... I don't think my dad would admit it, but I'm pretty sure he slept with the light on that night, too. <laughs> but, like, for for like the following week or so after I watched that movie, because I was working 12-hour uh, days, but it was, like, 5 to 5. So I would, you know, basically get in the car at, like, 4.20 to go to work. And I'd be, like, checking my back seat and looking around at every time. Because it's always dark, no matter what season it is at that time. And I'd walking around just, like, Oh, where's that fucking red and black face guy? <laughs> yeah. But that kind of actually brings me around to another thing that I wanted to theorize about is um, the idea of maybe possession happens because we're doing like in Insidious where we're dreamwalking, where essentially our spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it leaves our vessel, which leaves it open for something else to jump in. Yeah. Do you think that's a possibility? Definitely. Um, I, we've kind of touched on it throughout this podcast, just like another energy being able to jump in and take the wheel for a little while. Um, 
Hey, I'm okay. Just take the wheel on my work days. Right? Yeah. <laughs> on my days off, let me have it back. Be a cool spirit and just fucking <laughs> take the wheel to go to work. Right. Well, you know, give me back the vessel on the way home. Um, no, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a possibility. And I do believe that, that people that experience stuff like sleep paralysis and stuff like that are within that realm of like um, almost not in control of their body in the sense that like or in in the space that something else is just waiting on the wing, in the wings to, to yeah. jump in you know which I have experienced also ooh tell me about paralysis. Um, so there's one time when so I'm chalking this up to sleep paralysis even though in my mind I wasn't asleep. Um, was at my mom's house again when I was probably 16, 17 years old. Um, I was laying in bed, just getting ready to go to sleep. Uh, laid down, and when I was younger, it would take me quite a while to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I just had insomnia. And so I would just lay up most nights, just fucking wide awake until yeah. about two in the morning. Then I'd fall fall asleep and then hate myself all day at school <laughs> <laughs> until I got home and could take a nap. But um, went to sleep. I went into my room probably about ten o'clock at night and was laying there and. Uh, had my eyes open just like laying there and uh, saw the room just get super dark like could see the whole room just close in on me um, and could feel a super negative energy around you know around the room and so I tried to sit up to leave the room because I was like fuck this dude I'm getting out of here I've seen too many scary movies about this shit. <laughs> I've watched Exorcist. Yeah, I've seen seven. the fucking Exorcist. So I <laughs> tried to sit up, and as soon as I got probably halfway, something jump, jumped on top of me, slammed me down into the bed and started choking me, and I couldn't breathe, I couldn't yell. And I could hear my mom's TV in the other room, yeah, just across the hallway. Um, and so I was trying to yell for her, like yell for somebody to come and help me. And I couldn't do it, and I kind of slowly wiggled my way over to the side of the bed and fell off the side of the bed. As soon as I hit the ground, I was able to move. I got up and ran out, ran into my mom's room, and at that point, she looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And I just like, oh, what are you watching? You know, didn't want to tell her that I just had this crazy experience. Because I wasn't sure if I had been asleep or if I was dreaming or if... In my mind, I was 100% awake, but thinking back on it, like, did I fall asleep? Was I asleep? Was I, like, right in the middle of falling asleep and having this experience? Or I'm not sure. So did that happen before or after the thing with your mom? Before. Interesting. So I'm going to ask this question. If, If you don't want to answer, it's fine. Just let me know. But uh, you had a unique story about your birth. 
about your your grandpa yeah all that do you want to tell that story if you don't it's okay um yeah so when my mom was pregnant she found out she was pregnant because she had a severe pain in her abdomen went to the hospital to try to figure out what it was and uh doctors did x-ray and stuff found out that she was pregnant and that it was a fallopian pregnancy i think that's what it's called basically when the egg is being released from the ovaries down through the fallopian tubes into the uh bits and bobs bits and bobs <laughs> i want to say uvula but that's that's, that's in your that's throat. in your throat that's a hopefully different kind that's of pregnancy. yeah uh that's uh it's your birthday pregnancy yeah anyways so the egg me had been fertilized while the egg was still traveling down the fallopian tube and not inside of the uterus where it should be so basically the egg was stuck inside of the fallopian tube and was being you know developing inside the fallopian tube which fallopian tubes are pretty small narrow narrow very narrow not enough room for a baby to develop and so the pain that she was feeling was that her fallopian tubes were being stretched to the max and like basically it's a life or death death sentence for at least the baby if not the mother also yeah um so the doctors said hey we have to operate this is what's going on told her the situation we have to get this baby out before you die and so being the religious woman that she was and her dad was like a healer in the community and like had given lots of blessings to people that were afflicted by demons and 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 disease and it healed a lot of people actually from crazy diseases and stuff like that um so he called she was like I think I'm supposed to have this baby and I want to have this baby so she called her dad who gave her a blessing over the phone and uh, so in the blessing like he said that everything's gonna be okay don't worry about it mm-hmm. you know the baby's gonna be fine don't worry about it so the doctors came in and said okay we're gonna prep you for surgery we're going to go in and take this baby out. And she's well, before we do that, can we do an ultrasound to make sure that's what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. that really needs to happen. And the doctor said, no, we're sure. That's, you're going to die, and or the baby's going to die, and you're going to die. It's up yeah. to you. And she said, just, can we do another ultrasound? And so the doctors reluctantly took her in there, did another ultrasound, and found that I was in the uterus where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 43 years and six months ago. So 29 years and I six mean, 29 months. years and six <laughs> months ago. Um, so there, I mean, there's definitely things that science can't explain that happen um, that we just don't know about and we're not supposed to know about. See, that's where I kind of go back to that whole karmic debt thing 
and it, it's just kind of like a, a theory that I've toyed with for a long time of like what if you were supposed to die what if you and your mom were both supposed to die but this entity this thing whatever it is that has attacked both of you by the sounds of it is trying to collect on that debt or had tried to collect on that debt and it was like no we we've put enough deposits into the bank that it's like you don't get to take us or they just thought why would we want him to die when we could feed off him for so many years could be no, I mean, it's it's just an interesting prospect to kind of wrap all these different ideals together. Yeah. To say like, because it seems like what happened to your mom and what happened to you is the same thing. It's the same entity, and and the way you oh, describe yeah. it is almost parallel to each other. Yeah. It's just you wiggled your way free, but she had to fight him, and you, you kind of bring that back around to this idea that like theoretically you were both supposed to die yeah but you didn't yeah so just kind of like thinking about that in terms of that that debt that maybe it's death or maybe it is a demon or whatever it is wants that payment but you're like nah bruh we're good yeah fuck off so that was the only reason I really brought that around is, is maybe it was some kind of like sensibility of a possession of like well you didn't give me your life so I'm going to take your body yeah but first I, I got to choke the life out of you so I could take over this vessel well d- yeah I mean I definitely think that like the energies that are around us at all times um notice the other people that are around us and will feed off of the other people around us if they For have sure. a chance so, like, if I'm in the vicinity of somebody else that's in a super negative space, yeah, that entity's going to be, hey, hold my beer for a second. I'm going to go stand over here real quick <laughs> yeah. for just about 10 minutes and see if I can get this guy to shove this glass thing in his eyeball and make him <laughs> <laughs> kill himself. Well, it's like, uh, you know what? I don't like that guy much anyway. Fuck him. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll talk him into it if it'll make you leave me alone. <laughs> I'd prefer him without an eyeball anyways. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting to, thing to think about in terms of uh, how it comes back around. Yeah. You know, and and I think, I think more people are afflicted by something similar than people are willing to admit. Yeah. But again, it kind of comes back to that that slipstream, that like place where you're more susceptible, versus, you know, when you're awake and you're sober and all these other things where you're impenetrable and they can't touch you yeah well most of the people that i've really talked to about stuff like this and i'm pretty open i usually share my experiences just to like this is what happened to me you're not weird if anything else has happened if yeah. you know if something hasn't happened to you that's great good for you yeah. i'm not like want you to make you know tell me a story but like usually the people there most people have had like cert, like similar experiences or their own experiences that have just made them question things which you know i i think 
should happen to everybody. I think so. I I think that we as people, when we're faced with something that we cannot readily explain, it makes our minds more open and not susceptible to things, but more understanding of things. Right. And to me, if like, if I go to somebody who I think is a friend and I go to tell them, you know, like my, my ghost story or whatever, or tell them your story and they're just like, yeah, it's horseshit. I'm like, okay, you're a closed minded person and I kind of hope you get possessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of people, have you ever talked to Timmy or Schmackle? Schmackle? No, I haven't. Well, I mean, I've, I've talked to him, but not in depth. He's got some things that have happened in his life that are pretty crazy. Interesting. So, yeah, if you're interested in seeking out somebody that has some things to say about stuff. No, it, it's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot and in terms of just like my show kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I want to do a separate segment of people's ghost stories. Or, not to say ghost stories, but they're unexplainable events that they've dealt with. Because everybody has them. Right. And it's, to the people who have not had them, I'm like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Even, like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Are you an NPC? What's happening? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of them out there, it seems like, though. It is. And I love hearing people's stories about things. The only thing I don't love is, like, once in a while somebody's telling me their story and I'm like, okay, you're either embellishing every detail or you're fucking lying to me. And I don't like that shit. Yeah. Tell me the whole story, honestly, even if it's not that interesting. Yeah. You know? And that's part of why, like, we were talking about horror movies, especially possession movies, why they've gotten so bland and predictable is because it's so over-embellished. Yeah. Versus just... If you gave me the actual truth about it and just illustrated it in a really artful way, I would buy that more than just like the whole devil made me do it and I found this underground layer and the blood of Christ is in there and all this bullshit. Like, I don't I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I can't remember if it was Jerry Merzinski or this Robert... Duvall, Gallagher, whatever his name was, uh, Gallagher, it was talking about, um, so they're both, um, trained professionals, psychotherapist and uh, psychologist, uh, I can't remember which one was talking about it, but they both witnessed real exorcisms take place. Yeah. Um, this Robert uh, Gallagher has witnessed, he said, over a thousand exorcisms. Um, some extreme and some more benign, just like... You're full of shit. You're full of shit things. And they asked, I can't remember which one of them said it, but they asked, why don't they make exorcism movies more realistic um, in the way that they happen, and he said because it would be too terrifying for people to watch. You know, I, I'm inclined to believe that. Yeah, I I do think that there are exorcisms slash possessions that happen that are more than what we can comprehend. 
I really believe that that's true. Yeah. I, I just don't know the origin. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, the human body is capable of so much, but when pushed by another outside source, and some of the things that you hear about or read about in terms of these exorcisms and possessions that human bodies can do, and you go, that's not possible. Yeah. Or it shouldn't be possible. Well, even a lot of them, when they ask, you know, who's the spirit that's possessing this person, they list off six or seven names yeah. of these demons that are inhabiting this person's body or whatever. Which might, you know, explain the reason why they have superhuman strength and can do these crazy things like levitation, and which he says Witness. is a real thing, like it yeah. really happens. But then you think about stuff like, like the study of yoga, mm -hmm. which is a Hindu-based practice um which in some religious minds is a like a satanic ritual yeah um practicing poses and 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 stuff like that and um meditating on emptying your mind and freeing free energy to come inside your mind and take over yeah. um, is kind of a demonic um, practice in certain beliefs. Um, but part of yoga is the meditation on in, you know, freeing your mind until you, your body um, is able to levitate. And it's like, are these practices really delving into something that's a negative space and can take over that, that, that body or is it like freeing your consciousness to be able to control the energy of your body to a, a realm that you are able to do superhuman things I, I think about it this way so I believe that small children can see more than we can like yeah in terms of spirits or entities or parallel dimensions whatever you want to chalk it up to i believe small children can see those things and experience them better than we can and for the simplest reason it's because they're not taught to believe anything else they don't know anything so their mind is 1000 percent open to everything yeah so they're allowed to experience these so when you talk about like uh, yoga or meditation or something else that would allow you to defy gravity that's essentially turning off the understanding of how gravity works if you don't know gravity is a thing what's to keep you on the ground kind of thing yeah and vibrationally yeah like it it makes sense and and i know i just fucking beat the shit out of that horse of vibration but you look at uh, the the monks in the Himalayas that could move big rocks with their voice because of vibrational frequency. Or better yet, you look at UAPs, and this is an absolutely proven thing, and anybody can look it up, that go from way high in the atmosphere 
all the way down to sea level and go under the sea without making a splash in the water, they're, they're not using propulsion. They're defying gravity. Yeah. And what we perceive as the laws of gravity is only what we've made up as a, a species. Or the limits that we understand yeah, that's, gravity that's to be. <laughs> all we have is a grasp of the concept of what we think gravity is. So who's to say our bodies can't defy gravity? We just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Or, you know, it, I mean, I can fly because I'm Kryptonian, but that's a different story. I used to be able to fly, but then I got fat and now I can't <laughs> really fly anymore. That's just, you just don't have the advanced understanding <laughs> of gravity is all. Yeah. So it's... I lost my imagination. What is it, Peter Pan? What yeah, you lost your happy thought. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. You got to have a thimble and... Yeah. Uh, uh, you wanted to be a dad. That's what it. That's what, it worked for Robin Williams. Oh, there you are, Peter. There you are, Peter. <laughs> I actually watched that like a week ago, oh, and that's I was great like, movie. "Yeah, I loved that movie as a kid." And then I watched it, and I was like, "I still love this movie." Yeah, it's fucking bangerang. Bangerang, Peter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, who's to say, in some kind of possessed state, in one way or another, that? you don't just lose that concept of what gravity is or what your body is physically capable of yeah. that you can't just do more or you have an advanced understanding of uh, being multilingual because you're not tethered to the idea of like, Oh, I've only known English my whole life. I only know how to speak English. So when you're no longer in within your own vessel, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's not like I have a real explanation for possession in general. So why not just start <laughs> making shit up to go along with it? Well, that's what I like about like all these subjects that we've been talking about. Is just like you can go off on just thoughts. Like the the theoreticizing is my favorite part. Yeah, and and I think that everybody should do it because I mean talking about gravity it was just somebody's fucking thought why the apple fell out of the tree yeah, and hit him on the head newton just came up with that uh, and we still roll with it yeah it's our faith in the people that came before us that they were saying they were telling the truth right <laughs> you know i look at it this way even if you're a very logical person and you go no gravity is ex this way no matter what it's straight up to straight down 32 feet per second per second until terminal velocity, right? On Earth, yeah. On Earth. But then you go, okay, NASA says we've only mapped out 5% of the sky. And we know less about the inside of the ocean than we do the sky. That alone should tell you we as humans have a very, very small keyhole perception of what everything really is. Yeah. And everything is subject to change. I mean, look at... Bob Lazar in the 80s was like, yeah, these alien spacecraft were powered by element 115. And people were like, that doesn't exist. Bullshit. Until 20 years later, now it exists. You know, so yeah. it's like the difference between a theoretical concept and reality is just a few decades yeah. in reality. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you may not believe in, you know, let's say God right now. See what happens in 50 years. You don't know. Or... Is it that he put that out into the ether, element 115, and then so it manifested? That's a, a super interesting 
topic is manifestation. Yeah. And speaking of the, you know, positivity attracts positivity in that same realm. Do you think manifestation is real? Um, I think it's a possibility uh, in my existence. I don't know. I've been manifesting a million dollars in my bank account for a long time and it hasn't happened yet. So (laughs) we'll see. What about you? Um, That's a long pause, bud. I was trying to do some math in my head. And uh, think about, uh, well, yeah, I guess maybe after over 30 years of work, you know what? Yeah, times two incomes. I probably barely just made a million dollars Exactly. This year. You just don't have it collectively all at once. It's yeah. about perception. And I should have been more precise with my manifestations. Yeah, you got to manifest it to be an extra million dollars <laughs> right now. Lump sum. Lump sum. None of this tax fucking... Tax-free. Tax... <laughs> none of this fucking small payment shit. Right? I'm... God damn these $60,000, $70,000 a year. It takes yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, do I believe it's real? Honestly, yeah. Yeah. There's There's been a few times in my life where I have thought of something or desired something and it has come to fruition just not in the time or place that i wanted it yeah and i'll yeah i mean i'll reaffirm that by saying yeah a lot of the things that i've like wanted or like hoped for i mean stuff that you hope for you try to work towards and usually if you're working towards something, you usually attain that, like, whatever For sure. it is. Um, like you said, most of the time it's not in the time frame or the context of what you were hoping for. Yeah. But it manifests nonetheless. Most of the ones that actually stand out, though, are the negative things that happen when you're like... I think this is going to happen. Fuck. This is going to happen. Shit. It's going to happen. And then it happens. You're like, fuck, I knew it. Yeah. No, it, it, it's funny that <laughs> we're so easily able to manifest negative things. Yeah. But positive things or strong desires are usually a delayed gratification. Think of it this way. Let's say, let's say I don't say this out loud, but I'm going to go, I want a bottle of Jack Daniels right here on the table right now. Like, I'm manifesting it. It doesn't show up. But let's say next time I come over and you're like, hey, I got some Jack. Do you want some Jack? And I'm like, can you put it on the table right there for me? <laughs> you know? it. Even in other strange ways, like, uh, here's a solid case in point. It was a, a couple months ago. Somebody at work had mentioned Jack in the Box, right? And I went, oh, man, I'm so craving some Jack in the Box tacos. And like a week later... My mom came home and she had Jack in the Box for lunch and she had some leftover tacos. And it's like, hey, I brought you some tacos. And I was like, mind blown. (laughs) It just manifested later and not in the way that I wanted. Maybe it manifested down in our building because we had like 80 tacos the other night. (laughs) Dude, and Ollie was telling me about it. And he was telling 
telling me about it like on Monday night of yeah. our four nights. So our last one. The next day I went and bought tacos from Jack in the Box. <laughs> and there's still some in the fridge. They're fucking so gross and delicious at the same time. Dude, right? It's, like, if that's the way to get possessed, I'm getting possessed. By tacos. Yeah, by Jack in the Box tacos. Yeah. Two for a dollar? It's hard to beat. Two for a dollar. I mean, we got 80 tacos for 10 people. I mean, two of which are women, so they didn't really eat that many tacos. And then, you know, a couple of them act like women, so they didn't really eat that many tacos. But we fucking ate a shitload of tacos. I probably had 15 tacos in five hours. That's gangster. And, uh, I mean, that's only five tacos an hour, but, I mean, three tacos an hour. Still. So, let me ask you this. Have you ever known anybody who you thought was possessed? Um, yes. Um, that's one of those things that I don't really want to talk about. Okay. No, that's fair. I'm, <laughs> we'll leave it right there. I know for sure that something was there but yeah um other than that like on a lengthy lengthy basis no so i'll I'll say i've known some people that give pure negative vibes and only receive those in return yeah and I've always kind of chalked it up to, like, in the time I've known these people, I've grown so much, but those people have stayed the same. And to me, it's there's such a fine line between of, like, are you you kind of possessed by something, or are you just mentally retarded? And I don't mean that as, like, a kind of way. I mean that as, like, are you stunted in some way that you cannot seem to grow or change and you keep the same negative outlook and the same negative attitude. And expect something different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely know people like that that <coughs> live in the negative space in their mind and just everything is stupid and fucking... Pointless. Pointless. And, and it's like, dude, is it stupid? Or are you stupid? Like, there's a difference. You can see this situation as whatever's happening in your life and just fucking move forward or you can dwell in the past and live there. It's like you're just going to stay there and in misery until you move past it. Like, it's really up to you. You know, and I I think that's kind of like the hallmark for any type of possession. I mean, if we're going to stay on... That straight topic of like demonic possession. There are a lot of people that I know that are very emotionally negative. They're bitter about things that have happened in the past and they're just bitter at life or they only focus on certain things because they think those things bring them happiness. But in reality, it's just like you're just not a complete person. It's like, I could see them as being targets for possession, if there is such a thing. 
because it's like that dude there's a perfectly good vessel and what's inside mm. there is not much that spirit that's stuck inside there is stuck at this moment just go ahead and take it from here forward yeah you can stomp on that person like an ant yeah and and i always have to kind of check myself on like don't call that person out don't be a dick to them just let them be yeah and it's hard especially when you are a i'll say uh mentally or emotionally strong person to not call those people out you yeah. know yeah, but I think we're probably even thinking about some of the same people. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I've had experiences where I've seen that and, like, tried to inspire uh, movement in one direction or the other. And it's, sometimes it works out and it's like, you know, it helps people look at it from a different perspective and get over that whatever they're stuck on. Yeah. Um, and then other times it's like you try to help them realize what they're dwelling on and it just makes them dwell on that even more. And it's yeah, it's and, hard. And you kind of tell the demons, like, yeah, go ahead and take him. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> In fact, well, we tried. I guess it, <laughs> it probably you got something an, else. <laughs> it would be an improvement. Come on, Satan. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So here's a funny thing, and I think about this a lot. And again, I should probably talk to a professional about it. Is the whole like dichotomy of good versus evil, or God versus Satan, and especially in that respect, I kind of go like. The hardest part for me to swallow, which in turn plays into the possession thing, is like, so you mean to tell me it's part of God's plan for small children to get leukemia, for people to suffer from sexual assault, for people to be murdered and all that. That's part of God's plan. But Satan's over here just like punishing rapists and thieves and murderers but you expect me to believe that one is bad and the other is good? I, I hardly see a, a line between the two. Well, in my mind, it comes down to agency. It really is, I mean, and that in most Christian religions, that's what we're here, that's the gift that we were given. Uh, um, and the difference between, like, Satan. So Satan was an angel, right? Yeah. In, he in, was the lawyer in God's court. Right. And uh, so when God was saying, hey, I have all these souls I want to send down to earth and then give them a life and then they're going to make these choices and they can either return, they can do good, come back to me, or they can do bad and not come back mm -hmm. to heaven, whatever. And so, in the stories that I was told growing up, Satan was like, well, here's the solution. I have the solution for you. I'll just make them believe all the same thing. They don't have a choice, and they're forced to do this one thing, do right, take away their agency, 
and they'll all return back to heaven. And so God said, no, that's not what it's, this is about. And, and so Satan was like, well, that's dumb. If you want them all back, why don't you just make them all come back? And God was like, that's not the point. You know, these people have to choose for themselves if mm-hmm. they want to be good or bad, positive or negative. Um, and so Lucifer was thrown out of heaven, or left heaven, and one-third of his the angels that were there left with him. Mm-hmm. So those was Satan and the demons all left, were cast out of heaven. Um, and so people on earth, your spirit has free agency to decide whether you want to do good things or bad things, no matter what happens to you. Whatever happens to you, if you get sick, if you get, you know, mm-hmm. you can have faith and still do good things, depending on your circumstances, like I get leukemia and fuck that, I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. I'm going to take everybody else with me. Or I got leukemia, I'm going to, you know, still give my faith to the energy and put my energy into positive things and yeah. and, and love and... Um, have a positive outlook that's your agency whereas um people who are afflicted give up their agency to a negative space and feed the negativity in the world and that's where their life force goes to um but that so i don't think that i i think that the difference between like being cursed with leukemia, I think that's just one of the one of the challenges. You know, people are afflicted with all si- all types of different things, and it's not like God is punishing you for being human. It's just a human experience of yeah. But, but that's where I I take issue with it. Of like, okay, you give me cancer, whatever, right? I'm a full-grown adult. I've lived a, a pretty full life. If if I had it, like I accept my fate, you know. But children, yeah. And then people like to go like, "Oh, it's part of God's plan." I I don't get that aspect of it. But then, kind of looking at the parallel of it, where, like I said, the devil's down here, and he's he's allegedly punishing all these terrible people for all these terrible things they've done, like. The devil's not down there roasting people for tax evasion. You know, it, it's, it's the bad people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's part of... Or like, is he? Or, you know, maybe he's a really big fan of Uncle Sam. Yeah. But that's where I have trouble kind of understanding that sense of like God, the devil, angels, and demons, which in turn makes me have problems with demonic possession and... Of course, kind of going back to the idea of, like, if you're strong-willed, if you're mentally acute, if you're emotionally grown, like, you're not going to be a target of it. But in reality, if you are mentally acute and emotionally grown, you're not going to buy into these simplicities of, like, uh, you have to repent of your sins before you die, or if you did this one thing, you're going to hell, or whatever. Yeah. So the the whole thing just becomes a jumbled up mess in my mind of like 
you set one law and then you set another law in opposition. Like yeah. you're basically the government. Well, that's where it makes more sense in my mind where it's more more of like energy based um, feeding one or the other, like positive or negative energy. See, and that that's kind of where I have to go with it. Yeah. To to make it make sense in but, my mind. We describe that to each other, and it makes sense, right? Yeah. For other people that don't think in the same way that we do, the only way that it makes sense is if there's somebody else that's in control, and so they label this God, right? Yeah, or and, the opposite side. And of so the it's devil. like, or it's just been laid out, laid out in a scenario for them that way, and so that's what, oh, that's that is what it looks like. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, yeah, and so they they go through with that, like they, they follow that that faith. So with that logic, though, where you and I would talk about it as a positive or negative energy. With that said, let's say I was afflicted by a demon, quote unquote. Wouldn't that just be my own negative energy? Um, because I as I, much I think as that would be your energy feeding the negative things around you or attracting negative things to build upon just like if you have 15 magnets you know and you put the negative side out mm-hmm. and then one flips over to negative you know and attracts that it's going to start attracting more and more and more yeah. of those magnets and it's all just like one of those jumble things with all the magnets they all connect yeah. to each other um, so it's just energies that are connecting to one another. So I think that's a fair proposition. And that's, and I think really more of my issue is just putting labels on it, like saying it's God or the devil yeah, or an angel or a demon. Yeah. So when I think about the term demonic possession, I think of more of like, what are you being really possessed by? And it, it is crazy, and like you were saying earlier, like sometimes these people who are possessed, they'll come up with six or seven names of these different demons that are inside of them. But it's like, also, side note, it tends to be six or seven. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird biblical number in its own right. Yeah, numbers have a really weird... Have you ever looked into numbers? Oh, dude, numerology like, uh, is bananas. Biblical numbers? Yeah. The numbers play a big role in the whole thing and and I think that's part of it like people that are really religious that get possessed um, come up with these numbers and, and yeah. say these numbers because those numbers come up in so many different scriptures and, and in one form and, or fashion they do yeah. and like I said with six or seven it was like on the seventh day he rested and um, god damn it what was the other one I had it just a second ago and I lost it. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm not discrediting possession in any way because I think there's something there and it's completely unexplainable to our tiny little minds. Yeah. But I can't just chalk it up to like this religious text of God versus Satan or good versus evil because to me, it, even if you look at like the understanding of the Bible and the relationship between God and the devil, there's there's not a whole lot of defining line for me 
So I guess the point I was trying to make was like, when you think about possession, I think that there's has to be something else that goes to it rather than just putting it into this religious text. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was going in the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about how spiritual possession has been accredited to all the way back to 11,600 years ago. Mm -hmm. Basically, the Stone Age, Paleolithic Age, um, before the Bible was even written, before any of this stuff, um, religion, in the, in the sense that we know it, was, was even thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, they were already talking about these things and had these ideas and had these concepts and uh, so religion kind of was a way for them to explain things that were happening and put like almost their own science as, as the way that we think of their science from now until back then yeah the difference between from there to back, you know, 10,000 years before that, they're going to think of their science as like, you guys are fucking retards. Yeah. You know? I think at the very least it puts faces to it. Yeah. And it's it's an easy way to tell a story about, you know, these, these things that can happen and we don't know, we don't understand them, but you have to... Believe me, this really happens. <laughs> yeah. And this is the story that's going to make you remember you know, why it happens and how it happens and, you know, it's their, it was their way to describe it at the time Mm. when they didn't have any kind of molecular science or understanding of what we know today Yeah, to be quote-unquote truth. So I see you've got other notes there. Do you have anything else you want to throw out? Um, oof. Send it. This is going to be pretty controversial. Um, So, talking about, like, religious stuff and religions being against, like, occult, occultist actions and beliefs. Um, Let's see. They list occultist practices... They're all over the board, which are Satanism, witchcraft, Santa Muerta, voodoo, astrology, alchemy, natural magic, calling up the dead, or like talking to ghosts, channeling, mirror gazing, uh, work through psychic mediums, Santeria, scrying, shamanism, and spell casting. Um, So in those veins, I mean, there's... A lot more. Those are just... Those are the most prevalent. Prevalent, yeah. Um, do you think that Harry Potter is demonic? <laughs> <laughs> that was a long fucking... <laughs> that was a long con for that payoff. You know what? <laughs> it was so worth it. I was like hanging on by my fingernails that whole time like, oh, where's this going? Where's this going? And then you throw Harry Potter at me. Um, in... In the vein of, like, seeing, like, the Exorcist movies and the 
entertainment side of things uh, guiding our society into these different realms of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's honestly, that is a much deeper question than surface level. <laughs> it's it's not just like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Oh, it, it's a true. thing. I, no, it, it, that's a honestly an amazing question, and I'm super let down on myself that I didn't ask that. <laughs> um, I think on the whole, because... Harry Potter lore encompasses so much of that. Yeah. Um, you have the mirror gazing, the uh, mirror of. Well, the one that Errath, from the first shows, one. like, yeah. yeah. From the Sorcerer's Stone. Right. Where he could see his deepest desire. Um, spell casting, obviously. You got a wand, you cast spells. Uh, the necromancy part of that. Witchcraft. Yeah, witchcraft, all of it. Kind of when you put it in that scope, it all adds up. I'm not going to lie. And I never really put that into that perspective. And now my mind is just like swirling with all of that shit all together. Why not? Yeah. I didn't really, you know, I was a big Harry Potter fan and I never really put those things together until I was actually like researching for this podcast Mm -hmm. and came across like veins of YouTube videos talking about how Harry Potter is demonic and you shouldn't let your kids watch it and well it's but I also think that like there's there is a lot to be determined with intent like I could say somebody is evil for killing somebody else right sure now if that person was trying to kill my kid and I killed him, it's justified, right? Absolutely. But if I just killed this person because I don't like these fucking shoes or something. Yeah. There's a difference. It's the same action, but there's a difference in intent. Exactly. And I, I think intent plays the biggest factor in everything. It, it doesn't matter what it is. And you use like the, um, the idea of shooting somebody in defense of your child versus shooting somebody because you dislike them. You could put that same into any situation. Like, I don't like this person because of the way they talk, because they have a certain drawl, versus I don't like this person because that person was mean to my friend. You know, intent plays a huge factor in everything. As for, like, J.K. Rowling's intent, I don't think she intended it to be, like, Harry Potter's demonic. <laughs> she write it on a fucking napkin or something <laughs> really? like that? I don't know, man. I always thought that that was kind of, like, a very pure storyline. Now I'm questioning the whole thing. Why'd yeah. you do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> going to question your existence there in Harry Potter land. You know, it's funny, like, as you were naming off all those things, I couldn't help but draw, like, a parallel to all of them at the same time. And it's funny to me to think of, like, how far we've come as a culture worldwide that, like, a lot more of those things are more open to exploration now than they ever have been. Yeah. And it used to just be determined that anything outside of these two lines was considered evil or demonic or witchcraft or whatever. But now it's kind of, like, accepted that we can branch out and we can try to understand these things a little bit better. 
And then you find out most of them are bullshit. And some of them still have, like, a lot more exploration to go. Like, uh, Santeria, for example, is one of them. That's a, a very misunderstood, misinterpreted kind of religion. Where it's like you go, okay, that's voodoo. Not exactly. Yeah. It's not the same. Even voodoo is not what we think of as voodoo. Because no. everything gets uh, a stigmatism to go with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you think of voodoo, you think of raising the dead or black magic or voodoo dolls and things like that. But it's like, voodoo's not really about that. But the negative most things... Most of it. Most of it. But the negative things you think about voodoo, you can draw a straight parallel to... Catholicism or Christianity and you go look at all these botched exorcisms yeah. or exorcisms that didn't need to happen because the person who you thought was possessed was actually mentally or physically or both ill and needed to seek medical or professional attention but instead you decided to go with an exorcism yeah so most of the parallels that you come to with voodoo uh, come in the sense that, like, so voodoo was based off of, like, African traditions. You mean um, it didn't come from the Godsmack song? <laughs> I thought that was first. I, was it Godsmack, or was it, uh... uh no, Godsmack did voodoo. Well, didn't, uh, what's her name? No, I guess that's just zombies, isn't it? The cranberries. Cranberries, yeah. It wasn't voodoo, it was zombies. I'm done. Yeah, so it's funny kind of bringing that up because it kind of ties back to another episode I did about zombies. And we talked about um, voodoo and hoodoo in terms of kind of the religious aspect that played into zombies, which actually really has a parallel with this whole demonic possession. And like I talked about earlier, the, the woman from the UK who had the demon attached to her shoulder, mm -hmm. they had a lot of very similar kind of principles in terms of being possessed but in their mind it was less about like an entity took over versus you left your vessel and in voodoo and hoodoo and even santeria their kind of exorcism was more about trying to get you back into your vessel which even comes back around to the whole uh, uh, like soul walking like out-of-body experience thing where they believed it wasn't so much something else was inside of you it's just that you were out of you and only your baser level functions took over which is why they ended up with a lot of zombies yeah hmm. that makes sense like if your spirit is gone and you're there's just like a basic charge and left inside your body it's just gonna like know how to shit yeah. and you know the basic needs. You need to breathe. Poop your pants and you speak need to, in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> you need to breathe. You need to eat. You need to drink. And you need to fight. Don't know how to roll your... I mean, keep control of your eyeballs. So they just go all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the um, similarities in voodoo and Christianity uh, lead back to like when the slaves were brought over and Christianity, Christianity was being forced on them. Um, so they would have this, like, picture of, like, uh, the Virgin, uh, you know, Mother Mary, mm -hmm. or whatever, the statue of Mary, and then they'd be praying 
kneeling and praying to this statue of Mary, <coughs> but in their minds were praying to their own deities, and so they yeah. adopted those um, statues and idols for their own worship, like, or, you know, deities behind those, which, you know, leads into, like, Santa Muerta, where they use the actual um, image of Mary as, like, the Santa Muerta. Yeah. With a skeleton um, image that they pray to, but um, it's just a converging of all these different um, religious ideas, but with religious, sorry, religious uh, personages, personages, or like people in those religions, but have different entities behind them. Yeah, ideas behind them. I think it's all parallel from one to the other. Yeah, it's, it's like they all have a very similar nature to it. It's yeah. just terminology and what face they put onto whatever deity and so on and so forth. And culturally, they're all significant in their own way, but it's not as easy for, let's say, us to understand uh, Santeria as it is for us to understand Christianity. Because we weren't raised in that environment. Yeah, yeah and, and we live in a totally different culture right. and it in a different country. Yeah. But I think it's important that any kind of like religious based topic that you're going to talk about, you have to be able to understand more than just one aspect of it. Yeah. It's like here in America, it's primarily Christianity. Well, that's what leads me to think that like, if you look at most, most religions around the world and even some of them, um, like Christianity, Judaism, and and uh, Muslims, um, they all believe in the same God. Yeah, they all believe in the same God. It's just who the prophet was. <laughs> they yeah. they fight over like who said it best. Like you That's guys are really all preaching the to. same thing, but in most rea- in most religions, they're all talking about. They're preaching about like love, and love is the main factor and treating people with respect and having compassion for the people around you and and everybody, no matter if you know them or not, like have compassion for people, for being people on this earth and experiencing the same thing that you are, but they fight over. That's, that's the cold hard reality of the difference between religions. It's like the principles of the Quran are the same as the principles in the King James Bible. Yeah. it's But it's like you go, okay, the Quran is Middle Eastern, and we're automatically cultured to not kind of like yeah. Middle, Eastern, Middle Eastern people, you know, 9-11 and on, and that's kind of like what they've instilled in us, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It really is. There's yeah. very few kind of religions that step outside of those boundaries, and try to point to something other than the kind of basic formula which makes me question is is that basic formula the correct formula and that's why everybody does it or did they all just go yeah that looks good put it in there well it seems like a lot of them just 
started out with the basic idea and then turned it into a money-making scheme like it always is yeah i mean that's a problem that i have with most organized religions these days it's just it's a business you know yeah. it's funny you bring that up because one of the videos i watched <laughs> it was uh this woman had admitted to like um she was sexually assaulted as a child but she had an aunt who was into witchcraft and all this and she claimed she was possessed by uh shiva and all these other things and they're like and this the the news that was covering it was like and then this preacher came in and he's a tv televangelist i was like automatically (laughs) out i'm done and that i'm out (laughs) yeah yeah, I saw a few of those. There's one guy that, I can't remember what his name is, Bob something, that's a exorcist, and that's what he does, is just travel the country and do, do like, mass exorcisms and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, this guy is in it for the money. Like, he's putting on a show just like these people back in 1578 that were traveling yeah. around and putting on a show. And it, it's the same for, and I've seen a couple of videos where, the Pope does an exorcism, but he doesn't go in and, you know, like read the rites and splash the holy water and all that. He comes up and he touches somebody's head and they're just like writhing in pain. And suddenly they're exorcised of their demons. And I go, is that really what happened? Or is it this person trying to portray this event to uphold that legend? Yeah, I also believe that your belief in something can affect your own um, mental output of energy. Like if I believe that you're going to cause me some kind of pain when you do something, that it probably will manifest in some way. Yeah. Like if, like every time you say shit, I'm going to shit my pants shit. if I dwell on shit, that. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> If I just dwelt on that for years and then you said shit, I'd probably self-hypnotize myself, you know, self-hypnosis into the fact that I'm going to poop my pants if you say shit, so don't say it. Well, that's fair, especially when people are cultured to be so heavily religious from a very early age. Yeah. And and it kind of goes back to the uh, Annalise or the Ammons or whatever, where they've lived their whole lives under this umbrella of religion and believing that demonic possession is real and things like that. So it's like the slightest change, you know, let's say puberty hits. Oh, fuck, I'm possessed. You know. It, <laughs> he it, just wants to jerk his ween all the time. <laughs> anyway, she started jerking my ween. God, that's such a classic video. Uh, yeah. I love that one. I think I've watched that probably 30 times. And it never gets old. No, I laugh every time he says jerk my ween. <laughs> For anybody listening, it's a video about this guy claims he had a, a run-in with a female Bigfoot out, <laughs> out in the woods, and she basically molests him and <laughs> jerked him off. Yeah. Jerked, jerked him off. <laughs> and then after she was done jerking his ween, she popped a squad on him, and, and he fired a load right in her, and he's worried about having a hybrid <laughs> child. <laughs> Half human, half Bigfoot. I'd worry about that too. I mean, if that really happened, 
what are the chances you got this fucking wild half breed Sasquatch human? I. You gotta pay tax. I mean, pay child support. No, you don't. <laughs> you throw a fish out there. Sasquatch every once support. Sasquatch <laughs> support. So let's let's bring it in uh, with one final question. If you had to guess the percentage of actual demonic possession versus mental illness, what would it be? Um. <coughs> So going back to the, um, number analysis that the Vatican has put out of receiving 500,000 demonic possession cases per year, um, I would say out of those, probably 90% of those are something else 9.8% are probably mental illnesses and then less than half a percent are actual demonic possessions I would honestly agree with that number yeah that 90% is just pure bullshit yeah and then that 9.9% is is straight up mental illness and then the rest is like open to interpretation at least at the very least yeah again i i don't know if it's demonic or if it's something else but i think that there is undeniable fact that something is happening and we cannot explain it yeah we'll, we'll list it as an outside force being acted upon that person or being a force demonic just has such a like religious connotation when you say demonic yeah exactly and that's and where I have a hard time with like I mean yes I, be, I do believe that these things are happening but demonic in a sense that like in the the realm of like religious aspect I don't know yeah and and again I can't get behind the religious part of it but I will 100% say that something is happening with a very small percentage of people. Yeah. And it's just, it's undeniable. And I really kind of wish that maybe they would be more open with it. They're not going to. No. We all know the Vatican's got some crazy shit going on. And that that's a whole other topic For of sure. what's uh, in the vaults of the Vatican and things like that. And uh one thing i was talking to somebody about the other day was like um that person was like oh yeah they released all these files i was like yeah that's probably like five decimal places of a percentage yeah of what's actually in there yeah and because of all the crazy stories you hear about their time machine or their uh viewing scope into the future well you think about the vatican right now has Almost 2,000 years of pillaging uh, cultures (laughs) and their libraries and like things that have happened in these other ancient cultures that they have that won't they won't share with anybody else. Yeah, I mean, when you think about when one regime takes over another regime, they absorb everything they have. Yeah, they don't just like erase them; they take what they have 
and get rid of the rest. Well, you look at the the Vatican itself has all these priceless like artifacts that are culturally important, but they own them now <laughs> from yeah. from all over the Europe and the places that they've conquered. When they, they are, just own them, they are their own independent country. Yeah, within another country. Yeah, and. They're subject to their own laws and diplomatic immunity and all these other crazy things. Like, they're not going to tell us shit. No. They, they don't have, have to. <laughs> and they're still making money. Yep. Anyway, this was a fun conversation. It was. I think we solved something. Yeah, something or other. <laughs> um, Harry Potter is demonic. Yes. We got that one. Yes. But yeah. Uh, we're going to have to sit down and do another one soon. We should. Definitely. Yeah, maybe next time uh, our compadres will actually show make up. Make it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye.